Hello and oh, broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California. It's the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. Yes, cracking open a cold one. Did you just edit in the can cracking sound effects? Or I could just have a fucking can in my hand because I live in the fucking real world. Oh my God, fuck off! The fucking Japanese wrestling theme. Yeah. Well, it's a sick thing. It's a great Don't thing. Fuck with it. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Doctor That Danger Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. What's a, hey, I'm Edward. So today's podcast is brought to you by the real world. <laughs> brought to you by the real world. We don't live in the no, matrix, no, man. We were talking before we started, and James was, we were talking about something, and long story short, the punchline is James was like, yeah, just because, you know, I live in the real world. I know what a library is, and I was like, everyone knows what a library is. There was a pause, and then he says, when's the last time you've been to a library? I said, what? No, I know what a library is. That's what you said. When's the last time any of your co-workers been in the library? I, they know what a library is. What about good friend Dylan? He knows what a library is. So, yeah, we're already coming in with that. I went with, a, are you sure? <laughs> so, listeners, we're here today with a very packed episode. We are and, jam tight. Yes. And remember, we all, we do have functioning timestamps yes. in our description <laughs> if you ever just want to go to any, just straight to the reviews. See, I thought you Don't did... be shy on that. But if you like us as people, thank you. Because you are our listening homies. Yeah. You're not just listeners. You're homies. You're our friends. Yeah. And that's just not some marketing ploy. I'm yeah, a lonely man. bastard. Yeah, me I need too, friends. bro. <laughs> hey, you hang, out with, you hang out with people more than I do, man. I guess so. Yeah. Cause you're out in the real world. I live in the real world. I know what a library is. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't take pictures at concerts because I live in the real world. Yeah, it's like because I was like telling them because I was at like a show last night and I was like, oh man, I want to like document saying, oh, I'm here checking out these sick bands and I was like on for the gram and then I was just like, why the fuck? I always keep forgetting to, or if I do remember, I always just say. Yo, fuck that bullshit. I'm not going to fucking do that. I'm going to go fucking get hurt right now. Let's do that. That sounds way sicker. He's going to go mosh in the real world. No, I don't mosh. This was an Oxnard. We slam. Oh, yeah, you slam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come my on. Bad. My bad. Moshing is for, like, the people that aren't in the freaking region of California. <laughs> Here we slam. Yeah, that's true. Mo- slam dancing is way sicker term. Mo- moshing's for you those. You sound cooler when you say it. When you say moshing, it's like, what are you, like? 14 16 yeah come on what's your favorite what's your favorite band slayer yeah come on we slam dance here yeah we slam dance we slam dance to all the dope bands to terror to god uh to to i hate god to fucking dream theater who the fuck throws out at i hate god shows Someone down in Nola. I didn't realize you said Drifter. Yeah. I, right. saw, I saw a dude come in one time. Uh, he was looking at manga. He had a Dream Theater face mask and a fucking Rush t-shirt. I'm like, that's my boy. That's a lot. That's a lot. If there was a stereotype. <laughs> the, only, the only thing that would have made If you were to describe a stereotype in like real life, someone that was going to go. Dream Theater face mask, Rush shirt. And I don't remember which Rush it was. I think it might have been 2112. I was like, yo, this guy knows what's up. (laughs) So what's good with your life? Um, Well, some good news in my work life. Uh, I'm not a manager, 
not promoted. I can't remember if I said this last week or not, but I'm 40 hours. Well, you've now. told me in person. Yeah, I'm 40 hours now at work, so that's great. Paychecks are lovely. Um, the Raiders won their football game today. That was sick. Derek Carr threw a fucking 61 yard pass. Damn. And it was like, and it was against the Steelers too. Bruh. And it was like, bro, big. We we took down Big Ben. Who's still playing? Wait, Ben Roethlisberger still he's fucking still playing? fucking playing, dude. He was playing like a decade ago, <laughs> and he's still playing. He's well, so the last hold. So is Brady, but Brady's been protected, and he he's been no no. B- Big Ben ain't Brady. Big Brady's tough. You you gotta see him too. Big he, Brady. Well, fuck Big Ben. Sorry. When Big Ben's playing, oh dude, he people he come up to him. Up. He, oh yeah, he he pushes people away. He stiff arms them. He's like, no, get the fuck out of here. Me and my dad before I left for work because the game started at ten thirty, we were just like, man, Big Ben's still kind of a badass. He's still going for it. Yeah, he's Brett Favre in it, dude. But the Raiders beat the fucking Steelers. Twenty six to seventeen. It was kind of funny in the first half. We were kind of the we scored on them three times, but they were all field goals. So and then they got a field goal and something else and eventually it was like nine to seven at the second half. But at the end of the game it was twenty six to no twenty three to seventeen and they weren't able to tie it. And it was like yeah, dude, cool. yeah, dude. I, I we're we're looking good this year. You know why the Raiders are looking good this year? Our defense, knock on wood, somewhere. Our defense doesn't suck this year, <laughs> which is insanity. But other than that, yeah, that's pretty much all I got going on. Um, I feel like that's it, yeah. All right, cool beans. Well, obviously, I have a little bit more. Yeah. Before we discuss this, good friend Dylan had a birthday two days ago. Dirty 30, dude. He is now dirty 30. And for his dirty 30th birthday, we got him a big gift. Like, by we, it's like, it was a, yeah, it was a hodgepodge of peeps. It was like we all 10, like, 12 people. Yeah, we all donated to get him a Sick fucking slime green Jackson V guitar. Yeah, dude. He looks like he's ready to play Megadeth songs with that thing. For realsies. He's about to get his Dave Dave Mustard stain on. And me and me and the boy here. Uh people donated twenty dollars. Uh one a, a good friend Thomas donated a hundred dollars. And I was like, shit. But I was like, yo, James. Let's donate 69. Well, I said, I'm no, like, you said that. And I was like, I'll do it if you do it. Like, and we do- both donated 69. And then that fucking geek bone steel donated 69 too. He's a leader, not a follower. Wait, what? I, I said, sorry, fuck. He's a follower, not a leader. I was thinking of the Napalm Death album. Leaders, not followers. It's their cover album. Yeah, for sure. Is these. But yeah, you were saying. But yeah, no. But for him to get to the guitar. Bone, good friend Bone Steel set up a huge scavenger hunt where he even had like overlaying audio to go with it because we set up like a Bluetooth, like we had a Bluetooth system going in Dylan's car. And friggin', there was like this inter multi dimensional friggin' uh, music elimination friggin' organization called the Thrash Insurrection Terminators or IE TIT. <laughs> oh, fuck you, Jake. Yeah. I didn't even realize. So Tit was out to destroy thrash metal in our world and stuff. And friggin' You're in the real world. And only a hunchy piggy fuck named Dylan Elwell was there to like can only help save it. But he has to go on a journey to find a weapon that could fight off Tit. So 
And obviously each challenge, he'll get like a lovely birthday message from like lovely video message from one of his friends and then get it like a freaking code word. And then freaking tip will come back and like tell him like what's the next thing he has to do. So to start things off, freaking I have the like I like went off memory, but I have like the list right here because I was like telling my good friend Karen about like freaking what went down. Yeah, yeah. So, and the first thing he had to do was he had to go, we had to go drive to Marl Rock. We had to go walk down the beach and he had to take one off, take one of his socks off and throw it in the ocean <laughs> and then go retrieve it. Oh, he actually did that? Yes. Oh, shit. I also told him to bring like, I literally told him prior, I was like, you should also bring a pair of socks, uh, like another pair of socks on you. And a towel. For the most part. Yeah. Yes. But, friggin... Good friend Dylan also like we like pulled together again with sick guitar was also because he has very poor health. He has not had a good year. He is kidney he is a kidney patient or kidney transplant patient. Yeah. And he went to rejection. Yeah. And so now he's on dialysis and stuff. Yeah. So friggin' so I wouldn't say he's in the best of spirits. So that's why like good friend Bone still came up with the idea to get him a sick slime green pointy guitar. Yeah. And then also come with a scavenger hunt. But holy fuck. Good friend Dylan literally parked at, like, you know, at the edge of the parking lot, like, near the spot, the easiest to walk down onto the beach. Yeah, yeah. He literally was, like, he get a lot, he got, like, he got gas walking down and walking back where he had to take a five-minute break before getting up the teeny little hill back into his car. Oh, no. So, yeah, that was the first thing I had to do. Oh, no. And then the next thing, he had to go, we had to go to Krill's and get some friggin' ice cream. Where Dylan had to buy us all ice cream, but we showed up to Krill's and there was no ice cream. So I was like, oh, oh, well, whatever. And then freaking we go back to Dylan's car and Dylan was like taking a minute to like, actually, no, Dylan also at that moment forgot one of his shoes at the beach. (laughs) (laughs) So we had him all back and grab a shoe. Then we got back to freaking like the Krill's where we're at. And then we had to do our next challenge was freaking... He had to watch a minute clip of Two Girls, One Cup. And he was gagging the whole entire time. What is this, 2003? Yeah, it was, it was great. Because like, I didn't see the video, but just Dose was just like, Oh, God, why the fuck was anyone is? So it was pretty much exactly that Family Guy sketch. <laughs> yeah, he just like, well, I was like, oh, my God. Oh. He never vomited, but he was pretty close. But then, like, while in the parking lot, too, we remember right there where Tagazini's was at, and his dad, who does, like, acoustic, like, freaking singer acoustic sets, was posted up there. So the next challenge was he had to go bother his dad during his acoustic set to play Freebird. And his dad played Freebird, so it was pretty sick. Wait, really? Yeah, he didn't do the solo part. Damn it, Steve! No, yeah, he didn't rip it on the acoustic for the solo. He just kind of just did, like, all the, the, like, the most of the song. Okay. All right, but then the next thing, he had to go run a Radio Shack and buy a floppy disk. A floppy disk? Yes. What for? Nothing. This is just random shit for him to do. <laughs> okay. Because the next thing was then he had to go to freaking uh, Starbucks in Albertsons and order a uh, just drink there, but he had to use the name Mac Daddy D. 
<laughs> and it's funny because I was looking at a magazine that was like, I was looking at a magazine that was talking about cryptocurrency, like just an introduction to people just we're in the new world of like cryptocurrency. Yeah, man. Just like looking at it through and stuff. Space bucks. But then like literally freaking Dylan had to repeat Mac Daddy D like three times out loud to the lady while she had to write it down. How do you spell that? <laughs> what were you saying? Mac Daddy D. And I'm just howling. Howling, oh, reading about like god. Litecoin and shit. Oh my god! And then he got the drink, which then we dubbed it Mac Juice. So then we, from there, went to get actually stopped to get some food. We went to Hofbra. Mm. Like we kind of parked. Like good friend Edward knows like the freaking region, but we like parked like kind of like uh, a little bit of a block the other side of the building. Yeah, the parking lot for this place is really small because it's an yeah, old so it's like, an old town. So, so I like so I like parked on like across from like the surf shop. Well, that's not too far. Yeah. Oh, he had to take a break at a, at the bench before getting into the restaurant. Oh, and then what? What's in the restaurant? Like I got him his like freaking sick French roast, his sick roast beef f- French dip. I'm having a hard time speaking right now. <laughs> I know the sandwich though. Yeah, that might be their best sandwich. That's like the, one of the best sandwiches. It's great. It's like you can never find a. I'm a French simp. Dip. For, yeah, I'm a simp for their pastrami. But that's really good, too. Yeah, no. That's really good. So, like, my good friend Dylan was, like, eating this, and he almost was, like, passing out in the restaurant. Then he had to go vomit. And then, like, outside the restaurant, we were, like, waiting for, like, 15 minutes for him to, like, get his composure. So then we had to go to the next challenge was we went to Delmar Park, just a park, where he had to climb up the play structure and slide down the slide 10 times. Now... Physically, he was not able to do it, so I tagged in on this one. Oh, my God. You you completed his rep? No, I did nine, and he had to do one. But even that one, he took forever to climb up. Like, there's, like, the last little ladder bit. He's climbing up the ladder, but his fucking has an issue with belts that don't work. So his pants kept falling down. And one moment, fall and fall down. It was great. <laughs> and, then we're, and then, like, once he got to the top of the play structure, he took another five to ten minutes to catch his composure to slide down the fucking slide. This poor guy. He is not in good health. Why were you having him do all these physical challenges? Some of it was just simple walking. This is the one big physical challenge. Yeah, that's true. I was walking down to the beach to throw a sock at the ocean physical. Bro, have you ever walked? It's hard. It's hard. You had to walk from parking lots into a building. We can't all hike in the real world. I know. <laughs> that's everyone goes hike. That's my favorite shit now. So the yeah, real but, world. So after climbing the, the like play structure 10 times... Then he had to go to freaking Lila Kaiser Park, where he had to relieve a horrible memory, where freaking he broke up with a girlfriend, and he went and played Every Rose Has Its Thorn very badly, while good friend Bone Steel, like, for the first time was fingering a lady. While he was very, trying to be concerned for his friend, as he's sitting there playing Every Rose Has Its Thorn very badly, because his, like, girlfriend at the time broke up with him. Hilarious story. You can't make this shit up, people. You really can't. Not with these guys. Not with us. Yeah, no. So bringing got a video of him like singing Every Rose Has a Storm very badly, we which were, is great. We were a raunchy sex comedy when we were in high school, basically. Just those two, especially with the bullshit they got up to. It was just like a short period of time. Don't you and tra- me, you and me were were lame virgins. <laughs> Whatever. But then next <laughs> then the next thing was to work into the next town where then he had to go into San Luis Obispo mission, go in front of it and then take a freaking shirtless selfie and then put that up as his Facebook profile picture. Is that why he's is that why he changed he changed his his Facebook profile to him with his shirt up kidney scars for the world to see and he's stroking his nips? Yes. 
Oh my god. Homeboy got a freaking $900 guitar. He's earning it. I guess so. <laughs> and then the last was like a double where he had a choice. He either A was able to go go walk into Barnes and Noble, which was like at the time was like 8:40. So Oh shit, we were what day was that? On Friday? Yes. We were closing in 20 minutes. Yes. And you've heard me how like quick he was walking. Where he would walk and had to take a freaking 10 minute break. Right. So it was speed of light. So literally I would have had to run in for like the first one, but it was an option. He had the choice of either he had to read 30 pages of the Communist Manifesto ah. or take 30 smacks to his titties. I'm going to assume he went with option two. Yes. Okay. How'd that go? Well, I'm assuming you did the chopping. Yes. Forget it. It was like me and Bo still going back and forth. Bosu out his right titty, out his left titty. So we like, the first 10 was like a boom, 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 boom. And he's like, oh, please stop. I need a break. Then he went for four more. And then from there, it was like literally like two hits. Like, guys, I need a break. To be fair, you don't, ex- you, you weren't probably pulling your punches on those chops. No, I was really chilling. Okay. I kind of didn't care. Like I was just laying like my arm weight into it. The last one though was actually a good one because it was like, all right, I like I pull out the video, like try to do it, and he's just like, bring it in. He's like, no, you're gonna do this. Like, come on, it's the thirtieth one. It's like I want to see you get chopped. It's like I have been chopped. Who cares? Just do it. And he just screw. And he like walks into his car, sits down, and he goes, <laughs> and then his finally uh, his exhausted corpse was able to get into the rehearsal space to un- like unpackage his guitar he got stoked it was green and then he did like a dive bomb like we like casually set it up he did a dive bomb a quick shred solo a riff he maybe played the guitar for two minutes and he's like all right i want to go home because he's so exhausted it's so health wrecked like he's like so like it comes off where it just seems like he doesn't seem like he's not what's the word kind of like Nazi Nazi not Nazi (laughs) no just kind of like not like a freaking what just all there well he's not all there like you give him something nice and you're just like oh okay what's the word term for that oh nonchalant yeah kind of just nonchalant or whatever just wasn't just like it seemed like he was nonchalant about getting a sick fucking guitar that's like fucking emg active pickups that run hella hot freaking whammy bar and everything like oh, it's shit. a sick fucking guitar but he had just like i didn't see the whammy bar well it's not attached oh i thought guitars came with that pre-installed yeah, some, some do. Some of them. Some you just like attach the whammy bar. Oh, well, still. Like, but he was just dead that day. But he had dialysis that day. So he was not prepared for that you day. You did the scavenger hunt on a day he did dialysis? It was his birthday that day. Oh, yeah, right. God damn it, Dylan. So well, yeah. that's not his fault. That sounds that sounds like a buddy comedy movie. You should submit this to Netflix. And get it turned into a special. Yeah, no, it was hilarious too because Bone Steel had like each like challenge. He had a hilarious like demonic overdub voice telling him to do the next thing and just insulting him. <laughs> yeah, you like we that? Will I- destroy all of metal because we fucking hate metal. We will replace all music with fake pop music. <laughs> Dylan, you must defeat the Shockmaster in war games. No, maybe I say, you like that ice cream? You fatty piggy fuck. 
It was like hilarious. It was like hilarious shit like that. It was like it was a fun day, but at the same time, it was a very concerning day because like the birthday boy does not look good. And like you hanged out with him, he just goes like, "No, I'm fine. I'm fine." And it's just like, bro, you could barely walk. Yeah, a fucking eighth of a mile before you need a break. Yeah, yeah. But this poor guy. No, either way, that's all I could say. Doesn't matter. His like last gift will be come, and he'll be even double stoked. What's his last gift? Oh, he got a cam. We got him a cameo of Gary Holt saying "What's up" to him. Oh, that's sick. That's his favorite thrash guitar. It's probably most likely. Most likely. Yeah, no, because the Exodus is like best like cheese thrash band. They're pretty good, even when they try to go <clears> serious. They're still pretty. Man, I like the Rob Dukes era, but let me tell you, they wrote a few too many seven eight minute songs. Yeah, no. But yeah, no, that was, so it sounds like a good birthday. It was a fun birthday, unless you're Dylan. Oh. Yeah, Dylan's birthday <laughs> was unless fun for everybody except him. <laughs> for realsies. So yeah, that was Dylan's birthday. Any questions or concerns? Oh, yeah, and also the next day I went to Oxnard and saw like a big show, a big hardcore show with Hype Band, Dead Heat, old Oxnard Band, Freaking Retaliate. I saw Stalag 13. That was actually pretty sick. And then a bunch of other bands and stuff, too. Freaking, you know, I had a fun weekend. Time to, time to wrap it up with all this podcast and shit. You ready for the music review? Because I'm not, because I realized, oh, wait, I, I should bring up my notes. I thought you were going to say you didn't listen to it. Oh, <laughs> no, after, after I listen, per, after no, Pearl I, I listened to it. No, I know. You posted about it on Facebook. Yes. On your story. Okay. Well, that's, get, so, like, that's tied to my Instagram. You getting that sexy timestamp? I'm getting there. You keep saying stuff to me and I keep getting distracted. Well, you don't. Okay. How about this? Ahem. So as you all know, last week on radio, I think we did anyway, we went to the book, the thousand and one albums you must hear before you die by Robert something or other. I think it's Dimitri. And the one which we- I question his choices sometimes. <laughs> Not going to lie. Shane O'Connor wasn't that bad. Yeah, but I don't think it's like I need to listen to that before I die. The Prodigy album was pretty good. That was basically the birthplace of modern techno. Ish. Ish. But the book recommended to us Led Zeppelin 1, the first one. Now, how do you begin to talk about this band? Well, I guess in the beginning when they formed, they were kind of... In the beginning. They were kind of... Sorry, of the year of our Lord of 1960. 69. Nice. Yeah, literally. Yeah, well, yeah. That was a great record, year. Or at least this is, when the, this is when the record came out. Yeah. So the band was something of a super group at the time because sort of like Guns N' Roses, they were all kind of in various bands in the area. The most high profile one was probably Jimmy Page who was doing, putting in work with the Yardbirds. And you know how it goes. People didn't think they'd make it too loud, too wild. But for better and for worse, these guys changed the face of rock and roll and gave rise to a legion of copycats that still exist to this day. Yes. Now, you can ask a good amount of people that listen to rock who their favorite singer, bassist, drummer, or guitarist is. About eight times out of ten, a lot of people are going to say it's one of the Zeppelin guys. Yes. Growing up... Mm. Sorry, I was trying to clear my throat. <laughs> Growing up, I was never really a fan of Led Zeppelin, uh, partially because, well, you see, I heard them all the time. Yes. And that was the problem. <laughs> yes. I heard and saw them everywhere in this town we grew up in, heard the same five to eight, maybe ten songs all the time. And yes. I, and I just got bored of hearing, oh, baby, baby. 
which is most of Robert Plant's everything. Yes. And I felt that Jimmy Page was overrated as a guitar player. But of course, I'm going to say that because my favorite guitarist of all time is David Gilmour. Two very different guitar players. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Your quick thoughts on Zeppelin? My quick thoughts on Zeppelin. Yeah, no, in the area, as you said, total like punishers about like freaking <laughs> like worship of Led Zeppelin. I know for a fact our dad. I never really like before this album, I never really got the idea like why Zeppelin was good. Yeah. I know well, I have listened to comps of like bands from that era, mm-hmm. like that early, like late 60s into the 70s. Like I've listened to comps of like yeah. bands that are doing like the heavy hard rock. But then there's a moment where it hits a wall. It's like, okay, a lot of these bands might have one good song, but the rest just sound like cookie cutter shitty crap. Which was probably inspired by Zeppelin. Yeah. It's either inspired by Zeppelin, but then you can realize, I can understand maybe Zeppelin, why they actually stand above the other bands. And then the thing with Zeppelin was they would kind of get hit with mild controversy in later years because like the Rolling Stones, and in fact, like a lot of artists back then, they lifted and at times blatantly plagiarized a lot of old... A folk and blues song but in the writing credits they labeled them as traditional with arrangements by page or whatever elvis and the beatles did that too but they at least in the beatles cases they disguise their influences a little more cleverly because they listen to a lot of music and elvis a lot of people don't point this out elvis did give credit to the people that he lifted not every time but he still did and uh see but and then i could argue it's like dude the i fucking the plagiarism like kind of philosophy where everyone's like oh you need to come up with something original it's like it's kind of hard and impossible it, yeah, to yeah. it gets very cathartic sometimes it's like do you know what cathartic means <laughs> i feel i hope anyway keep going i couldn't tell you the definition off the top of my head anyway no keep you're, no you're right keep going what the fuck you did that then well no well it wasn't like it's not a big deal, but that's technically not how it... Well, it doesn't matter. Just keep going. You're fine. I lost my train of thought. Fuck you. Oh, fuck. Well, we were talking about Zeppelin and the plagiarist yeah, thing. Yeah, no, I feel up like, people try, to, like yeah. people try to trip on the originality too much. And, yeah. like, I jam tunes, and honestly, originality is only, like... It's kind of almost non-existent. Yeah. If you, like... You can have, like, influences and ideas. It's like... Believe me, when you try, like... The worst I've ever heard of a band, if you want to go listen to us talk about Iced Earth, is when they try to start doing like stuff they've already done before. It's like, we need to write an Iced Earth song. It fucking sucked. Yeah. But when they were like, sound like, oh, they sound like they're trying to noodle away like Iron Maiden, but it was better that way. Yeah. Because when you listen to other bands and it reflects in your music, it makes your music sound better. Yeah. I have nothing wrong. And like plagiarism, like blues songs. Really? <laughs> fucking really? Are you going to tell me um, fucking plagiarism blue songs? <laughs> a fucking okay. basic repetitive riff that you most likely write on your own. Yeah. Oh, they're going to call plagiarism on you because you played a basic fucking blues riff. I'll, I'll concede that some of the plagiarism claims are a little egregious. It's for sure. really fucking dumb. <laughs> oh, no. They ripped off a folk of blues. It's like. You know, that's like the basic foundation of you as like an early freaking... That could be the one of the basic foundations of you and like practicing your freaking instrument. Yeah. And like, it's also like basic songwriting. Oh no, it's plagiarizing. <laughs> they wrote a 12 bar fucking blues song. <laughs> I'm like, fuckers do that all the time doing just fucking noodling around. Yeah. Oh, they're going to call plagiarism because they put it on fucking audio. 
eat shit, bro. And it made a How lot of money. How you go be a fucking thing? Like, you want to talk about plagiarism? Talk about all the fucking bands that try to be Zeppelin that failed. Oh, no, there's a lot. Oh, there's a lot. We call plagiarism to the one fucking band that was actually successful and wrote some good songs. Well, yes, that's true. And it is part of a larger thing. You can uh, listen to people way more qualified than I to talk about it on. There's plenty of places on YouTube. But yeah, Zeppelin got hit with that. But the fact remains, they're still a very loved and respected uh, band. So So we are now uh, seven minutes removed from my timestamp. Ranting about Zeppelin. <laughs> well, it's part of it. Whatever. Let's, Let's get, get into it. the free so review. So the first song is Good Times, Bad Times. So I've heard this song covered a few times, actually by Gob Smack. Gobs Smack. Yeah, you got me calling it now. And it's fine. It's a fine opener. I always kind of like the song. I mostly like the chorus. I feel like it kind of fades away awkwardly at the end because it's only three and a half minutes, but it sounds like Robert Plant's about to like sing another verse, but then it just fades out and I'm like... That's awkward, but it's a fine song. Well, maybe the song could just be a little runoff. Yeah. I said, I've heard this one before. Uh-huh. We've all heard this one before. Yes. Like, the songs are really good on this album. Spoiler alert, you've heard it before. Yeah. I thought it was good, and the solos, honestly, were pretty sick. No, they're fine. Yeah, I, mean, no. Jimmy, I never said Jimmy Page was a bad guitar player. It's just not your favy. He kind of had a... Rep- and you just, like, you're just saying that to defend, to fight off those Punishers, yeah. where it's like, ooh, Jimmy Page, <laughs> ooh, oh my God, best guitar player ever. What? You don't like Jimmy Page? He's he's making jack off hand motions and it's adding to it. It's great. So song two is Babe, I'm going to leave you. So I was complaining about Robert Plant a minute ago in his lyrics. Do you want to know how this song starts? It starts off with Robert Plant going, Babe, baby, baby, I'm going to leave you. I said, baby, I'm like, oh, but anyway, I concede that the acoustic guitar playing is nice when the instruments all come in at about two ish minutes, some okay hard rock. I feel like it drags on a bit and repeats the same stuff. Uh, I wrote here, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant are very self-indulgent musicians. Yes. Robert Plant never shuts the fuck up. And Jimmy Page's hands never shut the fuck up. Well, you're going to hate me because I thought the acoustic riff was pretty sick. No, I said I liked it. And I thought the dynamics of the song was actually pretty, the dynamics of the songs were actually pretty sick where they would come with the full band, but then they'd be ripping it with the acoustic. No, no, I no, the, I said the music was fine. I just thought it dragged on a bit for yeah, me. No, I thought six and a half minutes. Yeah, I thought the song fucks, not going to lie. I was pretty down with this one. Track three is the very, 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 very bluesy You Shook Me. And how should I say this? It is a song that is full of nothing I haven't heard before for six and a half minutes. And it's not a slog to listen to when they're just jamming, but it's kind of boring. It's that cliche blue scene, you know, bum, 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 bam, just that riff like over and over. But oh, they throw everything from blues in here. They got the, they got that, that they got that keyboard solo. They got, they broke out that harmonica. Woo! We're a blues song. Eh, it was whatever. So I wrote down some blues boy, and like, if you like 12 bar blues songs. This is as 12 bars. Where it gets. it's a bunch of fucking noodling. Yes. Then it might be your song. 
But I was so pissed because I thought the last song was a fucking banger. And we went to this fucking... And we fucking, went to this one, yeah. This fucking drag... I hate 12-bar blues songs. <laughs> they're fun to play, not yes. fun to listen to. No, they're not. They're they are not... Unless and, you just want to fucking get faded. And it's, and it's because... And throw it in the background. It's great background yeah. noise. But that's just it. We've heard it so many times. You can't expand on it. It's literally the same fucking backing beat. Yes. And then it's noodle along. Boom, 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 boom. Track four is Dazed and Confused. So on an album that is, according to fans, filled with classics by a band that many people say only have classics, this is probably the biggest classic off this record. It has to be. I mean... I think it was probably, when I wrote these notes, it was probably the best sounding song so far, besides song two. So, if that means anything, that's pretty much my opinion on it. It's Dazed and Confused. It's the name of a movie. It's one of their biggest songs. And I, 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 I do like the... Riff. Yeah. It's iconic, and I give it that. And yeah. It was okay. I didn't hate listening to it. Yeah, so Dance and Confused. I've heard this a million times. And yeah, no, it's a pretty tight song. No, it it's is. fucking better than that 12-bar blues song we just listened to. Bum, bum, bum. For six and a half minutes, it was Dance and Confused, like, does something. Yes. <laughs> At least it goes somewhere. It goes places. And you go with them. And, they, and that riff, that band, It's iconic. Yeah, it's a good riff. Yeah. It's an awesome riff. Let's yeah, be real here. No, it's really good. Yeah. They have moments of greatness. Track five is Your Time's Gonna Come. It opens up with like a minute of organs and or something. And I was like, yo, is this ghost? But no, it's not ghost. But then it comes uh, then it comes out to be a uh, kind of a mellow mood, like a mid-paced song. It sounds nice, actually. I, I actually liked it. It, was, it wasn't full of them fucking around and being all noodly woodly. It reeks in the best way possible of that late 60s sound and cheese that I'm always very nostalgic for because I, I listened to that a lot as a kid and I still hold fond memories of it. So this song gets a good. Yeah, no, I wrote down it was a churchy organ. Yes. It's definitely what kind of like that, like goofy organ bass kind of like rock or pop of like the 60s, mm-hmm. especially that late 60s friggin' like hippie era music. Like, I thought it was okay. Like, it didn't yeah. light my world on fire, but it literally was like, if there was a fucking thing that was stuck in a time period of like 1969, it was this song. Yeah. Like, yeah. all these other songs feel like they can like transition more into, into the ne- 70s. Into yeah. the next decade. But this song was stuck in the 60s. For sure. And I will say this. For 1969, I will concede this album, in a lot of ways, pretty ahead of the time sound-wise. It was, by a good year or two. Or it pushed into what we were going into the yeah, 1970s. Yeah, it led the way. It led the way. So this song transitions into track six, Black Mountain High, which in itself is kind of a transition song. It's an odd two-minute, vaguely folk piece with bongos and shit. It sounded really different from everything else, so it was a nice break. I feel like this is clearly a Beatles-inspired piece, but no, I, I, it was all right. I liked it. It did. It was an acoustic jam, freaking transition piece yes. to most likely switch the album onto like side B side or B, yeah. start off side B. That's yeah. literally what it was. So it leads into track seven, Communication Breakdown. Now, here's a song I liked. It comes on, and I wrote here, it kind of sounds a lot like Highway Star by Deep Purple. But then I remembered, wait a minute, 
That Deep Purple song came out in like 72. So I guess Richie Blackmore ripped off Led Zeppelin. Cool, dude. Anyway, it's all right. Pretty good even. It's that classic. The song has that classic cliche in today's world, Led Zeppelin sound. I liked it. Didn't light the world on fire, but I liked it. What I wrote down was, grab your Harleys, boys. (laughs) If you ever, like, imagine, like, a Harley Davidson 1960s rocker song, this is it for you. Like that Jack Nicholson movie with Dennis Hopper where they're bikers. Yes. I forget the name of that, but yeah. Yeah. Where they're, it's, yeah. We're back with the energetic rocker after, like, we've been kind of chilling for, like, the past two songs. I feel like I've heard this song a bunch, too, but most likely just bands just doing this song. Just that general sound. Yeah. Yeah. But if you want your fucking Harley Davidson rock rocker song, <laughs> fuck, this is kind of it. You know, it is. It is. This this should have this could have been in a bar. This could have been in a movie during a bar fight if Led Zeppelin songs didn't cost so much money. So track eight is I Can't Quit You Baby. Okay, now listen. I can tell by your reaction. No, I remember this fucking one too. I could tell by your reaction we're on the same page. Now listen, this song. This album, for a few songs, was actually winning me over. I was like, you know, the songs I haven't heard before, minus that fucking blues song, I'm vibing. I'm like, you know what? I can dig a lot of this in a lot of ways. But as soon as this started, that vocal cold open, then the drums and riff came on. Oh, bro, I I turned heel. This sounds exactly like song fucking three. It's more of the goddamn same. Now, yes, the guitar isn't doing the bum, 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 but the bass and drums are. It's every other blues song you've ever heard. If the other one was every blues song you've ever heard, this is every other blues song you ever heard. The drums and bass are playing that shit, and Jimmy, for the whole time, is playing whatever the fuck he wants. And yes, it's in time, and yes, I'll admit, it's kind of sexy, but bruh. (sighs) As a fair man, gets a little better as it goes, but it does not evolve. It's Jimmy Page jacking off. And I and really quick, I have to give credit to John Bonham and bassist John Paul Jones. I'll say this. Zeppelin reminds me of the Who in the sense that my favorite members are the drum and bass. Zeppelin, as a fair man, have a really good rhythm section. They're so good, they help Jimmy Page stand out. But the song pissed me off and I turned heel on the album. What do you think? Yeah, that one was. I wrote down, oh fuck, is this a 12 bar blues song? And then I wrote down, yeah, my worst fears have come true. But Bonham kind of had moments where he was ripping it. Here. No, no, he's a good drummer. Like, literally, Bonham was like the one thing that changed it up a little bit. Yeah, no, the rest is just like, it's a 12 bar blues song. Yeah. It's going to be one backbeat and noodling with the fucking guitar. John Bonham deserves his legacy. I'm not saying Paige but and the I other do guys say don't. This was better than the second, the other one. It probably is. It's. Whatever little credibility, yeah, 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 it was a little bit better because maybe Bottom did the teeniest bit more. He was allowed to play. He was allowed to do something. Yes, some sort of change up. Yes, maybe yes. they like had that one pause here. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'll. You know what? Because of that, yeah, John Bottom deserves his legacy. I'm not saying the other guys don't. 
or he somehow deserves it more. I'm just pointing out he deserves his legacy. Good drummer. Song nine, final song. How many more times? It opens sounding just like that song Green Onions or We Ain't Got Nothing Yet. Very similar bass line to those two songs. I'll say it though. Now follow me on this. I wrote here, good song. I liked it. Might have been my favorite. I liked its groove. Everyone's firing all cylinders. It's good. Or I should say it was good until about four and a half minutes in. They do some weird trippy bullshit that bored me. And I looked at the song and I was like, what the fuck? Why is this eight and a half minutes? I'll concede that the buildup to, I don't know what it was, the post bridge or whatever was okay. And the way they transitioned back into the original verse sounding stuff was kind of cool. But the song never sounded as cool as it did when it started. The song can be summarized as it had me in the first half. Not going to lie. Thoughts? For me, I wrote down, well, as you said, for the first half, it was kind of a swing boy. Swing yeah, boy. It yeah. was like the sw- like the freaking kind of like jazz swing going and yeah. stuff too. And then when I thought it ended and I realized, wait, there's only nine songs. Wait, what? And I like looked at it. It's like, oh, fuck, it's eight minutes too. But yeah, they had a whole little like part where they kind of like started doing some they trippy slow shit. It down, slow yeah. it down, did some trippy shit. And then it, it brought back into it. And I wrote down, it's kind of like a proggy song. Yeah. But I thought it was actually a fun song. I, I didn't lo- mind the slow trip part. It's like, it changes up. It's the like, final song of the album. I like Why the f- not do something weird? Yeah. And you know, that breakdown, that exact breakdown, that almost more than anything is what uh, Zeppelin was kind of known for. I mean, yeah, they were known for the hard rock and the solos, but that that weird little bit, the way they slowed it down and everything, they, they were known for that. So that was iconic. Led Zeppelin. So yeah, that's the last song. What were your thoughts on the album? So I wrote down, bro, Led Zeppelin has his fucking punishers, <laughs> but the songs that you've heard before on here are tight. Like, yeah. these are awesome. So, like, I do think they are cool. The, bl- the fucking blues fillers were blow. fucking annoying. They, they blow. blow. They could fucking get out of here, but they just brought out the bangers even more. They did. And as an album, if you think, if you trick it down, like listening and like freaking how it was structured and constructed, I thought the album was actually constructed pretty well. No, it, yeah. it had its highs and its lows and it yeah. never stayed like too much the same. Yeah. It kind of went up and around. They chose the track listing Like the dudes smart. could play their fucking shit. Yeah. As instruments and like... Robert Plant, as a vocalist, he's a very lucid dude. Mm-hmm. Like, you say he, like, fucking just, like, fucking noodles and jerks off, but then you gotta realize, I've also jammed with dudes that just keep it so straightforward. There's, like, there's like sometimes there's no breathing room to, like, allow yeah. a little just weird movements. Just, yeah, like, yeah. just fucking weird shit. And, like, I can see Robert Plant do it. I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's actually kind of sick. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you ask me when it comes, like, the ideas of how the songs were structured, how they're writing it, and then how they perform, they're honestly really sick. Like, No, I mean, I've, I'll give him credit as pretty good songwriters. And Robert Plant, I think he does his stuff a little too often, but he does know when to pull it back. Yeah. At crucial moments. And I feel like at times he does it really good where he like noodles off with his voice. Oh, I never said it was bad. I just said he does it a lot. No, it's cool. We have our fucking Led Zeppelin <laughs> Punishers. They're mostly going, when he goes, baby, 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 baby. Oh, dad gets so mad when I do that because he likes Led Zeppelin, but he hates how I just suck. Baby, baby, yeah, and I'm like, that's all Led Zeppelin is. He's like, that's not all Led Zeppelin is. I'm like, it's kind of all that Led yeah, Zeppelin is. Yeah, no, but is. like, listening to it, it's like, you know what? Robert Plant's a very elusive vote because I listen yeah. to like, I listen to like friggin' some stuff where it's like, 
you don't kind of hear too much like people kind of actually going off on their own. Yeah. And like if you even listen to like music like these days where everyone complains about it stuff too. Mm-hmm. It's like there's at least some soul. Yeah. Kind of like it like you give sense of personality. True. And like listen to this album. I don't really care for Led's. I didn't really care for Led Zeppelin, but it's like you know what? I get the hype and honestly listen to it. Like the second song, like the acoustic fucking riff one. I was like, yeah. I, yeah. Thought was a little sick and lit my world on fire. Yeah, and it's like songwriters how they can const- when they actually had like songs like con- like song construction. I thought was really sick. If you're like a songwriter, this is definitely you want to like check out it, as a musician and maybe. I don't know if this helps, but I feel like as a musician, you do hear some more. Th- you do listen to Led Zeppelin differently. I mean, you do that with every band, but especially with Led Zeppelin, because I feel like Led Zeppelin gets highlighted a lot more as individual players than less as a band in a lot of respects. But when you hear them on their full, yeah, you could definitely appreciate the structure of their shit more. Yeah. Now, listen. As everyone that knows me in real life knows, I give Led Zeppelin a lot of shit, but I want to make this very clear. I respect them and I always have respected them. This album was better than I thought it would be. I guess we kind of fucked ourselves a bit because the real debate in the Led Zeppelin fan base is if two or four is better. But if I was there in the 60s and, you know, you're coming off, uh, you know, the Beatles are about to end, the Rolling Stones are getting bigger. And you're here, and there's all this experimentation and explosion, and you've got bands like Yes and King Crimson forming, and then this album comes out. It's kind of not like anything you've really heard before, in the sense of, granted, we've been blessed to be able to have a lot of a shitload of music at our disposal. Whereas back then, if you were shit, no one heard you, and you didn't make it. Nowadays, you can hear everybody, even if they had one random EP from '75. I think this album uh, really set the tone for things that would get expanded on and made better later. The parts that weren't good weren't good, but I can say... Yeah, but they were like contrived shit that was like for the time period. Because I don't know if your dad was like this, but my dad would always be hunting down like these bands and they're like garbage 12-bar blues songs. Where he can just get faded and just listen to the noodle away. Dad's opinion on that was, and I'm not, and I'm not bullshitting. My dad's opinion on that was, yeah, it's fine if you're having a drink or getting high, but listening to it all the time, it's boring. Yeah, Dad's a hard rocker, so he liked Led Zeppelin for the hard rocking. But even then, it's like Zeppelin is like so safe because I always thought they would be harder. Yeah, yeah. There's only like well, one it's song not Black that, Sabbath. Yeah, no. It's like, but they sound like a little bit more approachable. But there yeah. was like, as I said, sick acoustic riffs and stuff. Like they'd be yeah. ripping like hard songs, but with the fucking acoustic guitar. And also, Jimmy Page kind of had a problem of not being able to completely replicate live what he played in the studio. No, that's a fact. My mom told me the story. They came to Fresno once in like the seventies or eighties, and there's a story where they where the crowd was booing them, and so they got pissed and left, and none of them have ever played again in Fresno. So that's a fun story. Um, and I wrote here, I was gonna ask you, I know we were kind of hinting on going the Metallica track, but would you be down to go on the Zeppelin track? You just want to listen to Zep? Yeah. How many albums is Zep? Uh let me look it up. It's great radio, right? Actually, I think I've got Led Zeppelin on my thing right here. Yeah, here we go. I'm only they going have, on Spotify, so. They have one, two, three, four. They have nine albums. We've done worse. We've done worse. 
and it would probably be better than Iced Earth. Wait, wait, where's the what's the last album? It's called Coda, released in '82. Okay, so we got fucking Zeppelin one, Zeppelin two, Zeppelin three, Zeppelin four, Houses of the Holy, Physical Graffiti, Presence, In Through the Outdoor, and Coda. Okay. Because I see shit where it's like Mothership from 2007. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that is. They have a lot of compilations. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Just the, just the albums. Oh, and look at this. Led Zeppelin 2. It's been described as the band's heaviest album. That's what it says on Wikipedia. Okay. Been okay. Oh, do you just want to go the Zeppelin route? I thought this was something we would do eventually, and I was kind of feeling it. I was like, you know what? I need to do this for myself as a, as a musician and a music fan. I always knew I would one day. What better place than here? What better time than now? Ah, fuck it. We're, all right. You just heard it, listeners. Listening friends. We're starting our Zeppelin journey. Let's Zeppelin, y'all. Join in with us. Next week, we'll be back with Zeppelin This too. is either going to gain us fans or lose us fans. Maybe, no, better yet. Maybe we'll get haters. Oh, these guys didn't say Led Zeppelin's the best band ever. Fuck these guys. No, but like, <laughs> as I said, Zeppelin 1, I thought it was as an album and like great create, creative, like constru- on like the construction aspects. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if you made like an original fucking riff <laughs> or that's an original fucking melody. Yeah, yeah. I don't fucking care. Sometimes you can take stuff that was okay and do it better. Yeah. And do something. There's more than this like fucking, uh, oh, they ripped off blues artists doing what? Generic 12 bar 12 blues bar song? blues songs. Fuck off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's bullshit. <laughs> fair okay yeah should we get into wrestling let's get into wrestling oh, because yeah. yeah you tell them no you no you okay so if you guys remember a couple of months ago we watched dark side of the ring episodes as well as dark side of football why because we like football and red we love wrestling but dark side of the ring's really fucking rad and uh they're they took a mid-season break after the davy boy smith episode right it was davy boy smith uh, it was Dynamite no, Kid. No, Dynamite Kid. Fuck. Sorry. David Boy Smith is British Bulldog. Well, <laughs> so, they were in a tag team. Yeah. Called, yeah. So we watched the um, Dynamite Kid episode. Then um, they took a few month break. And then they came back with the plane ride from hell. And James was like, yo, bro, Dark yeah. Side of the Rings back. You want to watch? And in my head, I'm like, no. But my fingers responded with, yeah, dude. Because <laughs> I fuck. Because fuck me. Right. Yeah, fuck you. I knew I couldn't say no because I'm like, oh, that's one more thing to watch. But it was the pain was lessened because Vice loves me and they put the episode up on YouTube. So I didn't have to awkwardly shift back and forth between daily motion on my phone and writing notes on my phone. So thank you, Vice. Radness. So, yes. Or don't you have a fucking like tower you can just hook up to your like freaking TV and just like run like Internet through that? No, I do that. It's just. It's a lot of work to turn it on. You gotta push the. I do a lot of work to get my laptop hooked up, so I don't want to switch back on my phone to notes. Why are you doing that? Well, because sometimes I well, because it will literally be less time taking notes. Just leave me, leave me alone. No, (laughs) you're here. I have a mic pointed at you. You're kind of fucked. uh, Don't look at me. Look at. Well, you know, I fine. I fucking want to look at you. <laughs> he turned away. Okay, so how do we set the stage for this? Do you want to try to set the stage for the plane ride from hell? Well, we just start off like how the episode does with Jericho with a with a Jericho voiceover introducing the yes. freaking plane ride as like WWF at the time went to onto a 
Don't know if it's one of their first year. No, it's not their first year of tours. No, it was just but a they year did it. Tour. But this is for sure, like kind of like just describe. They're going to a trip in Europe, mm-hmm. and on the flight back, friggin', you just got like spark. Like, ugh, God, just the, there was a shitty plane ride. Yeah, so I'm they not take gonna, a. I'm not going much to specifics because literally it's just giving you like a quick spark notes of what happens in the episode. Yeah, the intro is just a good two minutes, basically telling you, hey. This plane ride went shaka narnar, and after the end, yeah, you get some of the people that are going to be in the interview, and they're just like, and "Yeah, just this like, sucks." It just finished off with Jr. say, "If I never, if I ever have to, fu- it was like, if I never have to talk about the plane ride from hell again, I'd be very happy. If I ever have to fucking." <laughs> Did he say fucking? Oh, yeah, no. Oh, great. okay, I forgot. Yeah, no, JR was like <coughs> all straight face, no bullshit. This is probably the most miserable I've ever seen JR in one of these. Like, usually he's kind of reflective, a little melancholy, remember things happily. He looked like he was not happy to talk about this. Fuck no. So after the intro, here's the timeline it's setting up. Basically, WWE at this point in time feels like they've got the big penis right now because they bought WCW, Paul Heyman sold them ECW, they've created a monopoly on wrestling and for the time that would event that would sort that would be broken ish years later and then uh yeah here we go so tommy dreamer comes on yeah ecw legend talking about how dude the way the environment worked at the time was dudes were trying to survive in wwe because there was of course there were local things sort of yeah but but like if you want to be working full-time yeah wwf was the only spot to be because exactly. that's all there was at the time. TNA hasn't been made yet. Give it a year. G- yeah, literally. JR, thanks Vince Russo. So JR gets on talking about how Ric Flair showed up, uh, came back, and it was a huge motivational booster to the young guys at the time. Because they all love Ric Flair. Yeah, he specifically says there was a lot of folks that took from his playbook, not just in wrestling, but in certain other aspects too about you know being a wrestler and all that. So yeah. So, the time is now May 2002. The boys are flying to the UK for a four-day tour. One of them being... Because they're so hyped. Because WWE is so hyped now. Like, they got high demand needing to go to Europe. Including... UK. Like, they were in Germany. They went to Germany and Scotland, and they didn't say the fourth one, I think. Or maybe they did two in London. Or, yeah, something like that. Actually, yeah, because they did the Raw after. No, no, because they went home, my bad. Anyway. So, yeah, four-day tour, including a sold-out pay-per-view. Then we have, I didn't recognize his real name at first, but then he said Justin Crow. I'm like, oh shit, it's just incredible. So Justin Credible, who's a hardcore, le- another hardcore legend. ECW mainstay. Yeah. He looked banged up as shit. Yeah, he looked old. He had no, a lot actually, of scars. Well, he had a lot of scars. He didn't yes. look that old. He looked like he had a baby He didn't face. look like he'd been through war like Sabu. Yeah. So Sabu he, looks like he's been through war. So he recalls apparently legends like Stone Cold. Sorry, Stone Cold. Stone Cold. And, Steve Austin. And The Undertaker were on the plane, including Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, as well as Brock Lesnar and Flair. They didn't say shit about Stone Cold and Undertaker during this. This is the only mention they get. Everything was kind of focused on like four or five other guys. Yeah, they're just kind of about specific incidents on the plane. And then flight attendant Heidi Doyle's on. Um... She remembered how fucking sweet the plane was. Had like a shitload of leather seats. Because it was like catering, a catering, like a 757. A 757 yeah, jet. But they took, rich out, white people jet. Yeah, but they yanked out all the friggin' middle seats that would be the Connolly. And there's just 50 just good sized leather seats. Yeah. For everyone to lounge the fuck out. And- catering, nice carpet. The shit, the jet sounded bananas. And then, A. I wrote here, hey, it's Terry Runnels. Hey. It's, it's nice to see Terry Runnels. I know. She gets a lot of shit, and I get it. 
Was he good? She's in that four. Uh, well, not Do as much. Well, not this. as much as say Sunny or probably even Kelly Kelly, but she kind of has a she kind of has a bad reception as being a bit. I guess a bit of a slut. Oh no! <laughs> it's not like there were. It's not. Sorry, I'm a bro. Cre- everyone there was a slut, and I don't mean the women. I mean the guys too. They were everyone in the wrestling business was doing drugs with and having sex with everybody. Sorry, I'm a creep, and I would toast <laughs> get down on Reagan Terry Reynolds. Well, yeah, yeah. We seen her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Vince McMahon employed very good-looking ladies. Some yes, some totally like. Some could look crazy. Even Luna Vashon was a pretty good looker. Oh yeah. But I like freaky gals. So, Terry Reynolds, she tells how she was in first class with J.R., Vince McMahon, and Linda McMahon. Which is weird, because I thought I read some. I read somewhere the night I watched it said apparently Vince and Linda weren't actually on that plane. Yeah, there's a lot of conflicting stories on this one. So, for what Darkseid has presented, it's like they say that Vince and Linda were there. Yeah. But it sounds like you got Pete's like Coachman saying that Vince wasn't there. Oh fuck, Coachman was at the company at that point. Yeah, no. He was doing backstage. Yeah, and then there's like also like conflicting stories that Terry was actually there. Yeah. One of my favorite coach interview things was uh in his early days he interviewed The Rock and then Rock was Rock had, I forget why, but Rock was like I think it was at WrestleMania 16 or something. He was like say a prayer or something. And then Coachman was like, "Okay." He looked up, he goes, "What up, G?" It's Coachman here, something like that. And then and then Rock's like, what in the blue hell is wrong with you? What up, G? You disrespect the Lord in front of the Rock's face. Get out of here, you sick freak. <laughs> get your monkey ass out of here. Because <laughs> I, I guess Rock loves the God. Yeah. The God. Um, yeah, so. And you know what's funny? Conflicting stories is actually part of the plot in this episode later. They don't. They don't offer any about the Vince McMahon thing, though. They're presenting it as if he was there. I'm not saying he was or wasn't. So that's what Dark says said. Like, yeah. if you want to go to our boy Dave Meltzer, he heard that he wasn't there. Yeah. But the only way to know if, like, you were the fucking watcher from Marvel's What If and you were there <laughs> to actually see what happened. I'm actually really curious about Meltzer's uh, response on this episode for a number of things we'll, we'll get into y- later. Use your subscription that I use to go listen to his <laughs> use response. Use my Yeah. So Heidi talks about how Flair was a chatterbox and a flirty one that and i thought okay it's flair but they like hold the camera on her for a moment and she looks all stuttery her eyes are looking away and i almost wrote here i'm like she looks like she's hiding something but i'm like nah it's whatever it's flair it's man whatever foreshadowing so they get to germany we see quick footage of rvd squaring up with eddie guerrero and my heart was just oh that's childhood right there that's childhood and then we meet rvd yeah he sounds absolutely toked yeah (laughs) <laughs> he talks about how cool it was being there. And then Tommy Dreamer is talking about some stuff. And then Mike fucking Kyoto comes on. The classic ref. Who who like ref for like WWE forever. And got and then ref one match in AEW and has yeah. a return. And got the crap kicked out of him by Undertaker often. And was the only ref, except maybe Earl fucking Hebner, to like ever like talk back to Triple H. You ever notice Mike Kyoto has like on more than one occasion stood up to Triple H and like pushed him and like never gotten repercussions? 
They, they must be fr- and then, like they must be like Triple H never punched him in. They must be friends. Well, Kyoto in this friggin' episode came off as one of the boys. No, and that's the if thing. anything more like the boy. No, I was gonna say there's some stuff they talk about later, which was making me feel kind of. Mm, but let me say, my Kyoto felt like locker room, like um, I forgot the varsity, just jockey. Oh, it's the boys being the boys kind of like uh, indul- indulger he's and d- enabler. Yeah, no, he's talking about terms where like dudes might be fucked with. He's like, oh, yeah, hey, if you put on sunglasses and stuff, they like touch you. You have a higher chance of kicking out of like yeah. you like crash yeah, out. And he would like he had a he was he's one of those guys. And I know guys like this where when he's telling a story every five seconds, he has to fucking laugh for no reason. It's like, yeah, you got to wear the glasses or <laughs> so you can kick out, you know, or yeah, it's like, oh, kick. I remember when X-Pac was just saying, <laughs> X-Pac. I'm like, oh. So yeah, it seems like around this time, the uh, the peeps were talking about how like the flight attendants. Yeah, everyone was partying. Like, yeah, they were like enjoying themselves. They were the party with the wrestlers. Some actually went to the show, and Heidi yeah. said she went to the first Germany show. Dreamer briefly talked about how they went to Scotland. Was this also the time where Heidi's talking about like she just like like got out from like giving birth and yeah, stuff? Yeah, she'd had and her And then daughter. she's like, oh, I can finally actually enjoy it, go work and actually like go to bed and not have to yes. worry about getting up in the middle of the evening. Dreamer briefly taught mentions how they went to Scotland after Germany and then boom, we're in London. WWF insurrection sold out apparently according to JR in 21 minutes. I can believe it. What is this? P dubs? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, P dubs sell, sells out faster. Yeah, way faster. Two minutes, one minute? Yes. <laughs> where sorry. are we? No, 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 no. I know where we are. It's just I'm just remembering all the the war stories you have about getting us tickets to P Dubs. So crowd is packed and hot, and then right there, here we go. Um, they they that's what they say. They mention that the crowd's hot, it's packed, everyone's stoked, and now we're on the plane. We're going home, and I think I and I didn't say this on well, everyone's air. Everyone's stoked to go home. Yeah, and I didn't say this on air. But I told James, I said, I bet this is going to be a bunch of fun, wacky, probably whack, but still like like Animal House, John Belushi kind of party, uh, party stories. Oh, but I remembered this ain't dark side of football. This ain't Chad Ochocinco fucking with people. This isn't that one guy beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl and then bringing a gun to a nightclub. No, no, this is dark side of the fucking ring. They get told. It starts off with they're on the plane. There's a weather delay in Connecticut. And Heidi's like, it'll be half hour. Hour at most. Seven hours they were delayed. Which sounds like a nightmare. So, and they didn't have to pay for the liquor on the plane. Yes. So they're just slamming liquor. They drank an entire liquor cart before they left. No, not just an entire liquor cart. They went through three. I was, yes. But then they ordered another one. Then they drank all that. And then they ordered a third one. And I did the math, by the way. I Googled, tried to see what liquor carts roughly look like, what they're stacked with. If I did my math right, those come of varying sizes. Those come with about 128 bottles. Did I mention Scott Hall was on this plane, <laughs> who was a notorious alcoholic? They all were to a point, but all I, I can and smell Rick <laughs> and Ric Flair, who still drinks a lot, probably. No, I think he's slowed down a little bit. Fair. So Terry, Terry compares it to high school. Rob, our Rob Van Dam compares it to the fifth grade. 
So, like, literally, Meltzer actually said, talking about this, like, episode two, is, like, yes. there's a lot of peeps that actually get into business that like it because it's, like, oh, hey, it's, like, we're back in high school again. It's, like, the whole entire environment. That makes a lot of sense. Where there's, like, less consequences because most of the time, a lot of the promoters back then, if they did, like, dudes did something shitty, it was just their job to, like, freaking cover it up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I yeah, know they're like, they're like the environment. There's not as much consequences for shitty behavior, which factors into the plot here. So, and I think that was the only purpose of Terry Reynolds being there. Yeah, I think she so literally too. was just a piece to describe the environment of yeah. like the time period. Because She didn't really except for one minor part near the end. She didn't really like partake in the story at all. Not really. And there's conflicting like freaking stories of her actually being there. Yeah. So the party's getting crunk. Seven hours later, they're up in the air. Just Incredible and Mike Kyoto mentioned how there were a shitload of pills going around. Not just at the time. Just at the but, time. Yeah, not just at the time, but on the plane too. Which, yeah, you know, every year more and more, I learn more about the wrestling business. And I'm like, was there any motherfucker that was sober back then? Yeah, they were talking about all the pills and liquor, but they bring up halcyons and how it used to be a rib to use halcyons to throw in people's drinks and it would just like fuck them up and like have them knocked out but then rvd would also like freaking mention that oh yes they would like do that as a rib to the boys but sometimes they'll do it to some ladies too and i'm just like bro you just admitted that dudes were doing date rape now listen i need to apologize to you personally ahead of time because i know we want to blaze through this and use most of the podcast oh, no, time for Brett. To. And I know we wanted to use most of the podcast time for Brett. But oh, I, no, I, we're I, past I, that point. I need, Don't even worry about I it. I need to get this off my chest. I think about wrestling culture, back, backstage culture back then, sometimes. And I was always kind of like this, but as I've gotten older, I think of that shit and I get mad. Like, I really get mad. Because listen, there's a lot of arguments that could be made that certain aspects of wrestling back then were a little better than they are today in some aspects. But this shit, the hazing, the the roofing, the the and you really saw it like the shit like Dynamite Kid would pull, how normalized it was, and how okay a lot of people seem to be with it, especially Mike Kyoto and like Tommy Dreamer in this, who are just writing it off like oh, it's the boys being the boys. Fuck this. I hate this. It's the worst shit about wrestling. This is always my go-to critique when I think of the old days. And I, and, I, and I hear guys like Stone Cold and even my favorite wrestler of all time. I have his logo inked into my flesh. The Undertaker talks shit about how like, oh, this new generation's all a bunch of nerdy gamers. At least the nerdy gamers aren't popping pills and using... They're, at least they're not date-raping their fellow wrestlers well, and other women. Well, if they did, they get fucking called out. Joey Ryan. No, no, they no. Yeah, and if they do, they get caught. But that's just it. They're him, Joey Ryan, Val Venus, Sammy Guevara, uh, even um, not even um, fucking uh, Mar uh, not Marty Janetti. Um, not Marty Janetti. Villain. Oh, freaking Marty Scroll. Marty Scroll. All those guys. Even Adam Blampede from fucking What Culture, the UK wrestling scene. They get called out. But a lot of these guys... David Starr was a bad one, too. David Starr, yeah, which that sucked because I liked him a lot. But, like, a lot of these guys from back then, they never faced repercussions. They never will, most of them. And that pisses me off. When people are like, oh, wrestling was so much better back then. To me, they are encouraging that mentality. 
They are okaying all this. And wrestling fans are so fucking stupid. They always say, well, their personal lives don't matter. What's important is their in-ring in in-ring work. Fuck that argument. It's stupid and I hate it. I could go on all day, but that's really everything I wanted to say. But when they were talking about the roofie shit, I know someone listening could say, oh, you got triggered. I kind of did. It pissed me off. I hate this. I hate this about wrestling. Yeah, I know. That it existed and that it was okay. I don't encouraged know. Anyone and covered that's up. like saying that you should be triggered by roofie, it's like, bro, why are the fuck are you going around roofing roofing people? That's, that's not cool. The, yeah. It, oh my god, oh, they like, will fuck I'm people not, up. Then it's like, why are you supporting it, bro? It's kind of a bad thing. I needed to get that off. I hate I yeah. So anyway, that rant is made a little funny. Because ironically, I laughed really hard immediately after this. Because because like they mentioned, I think Michael what? Hayes got H bombed. Uh, yes. So what happened is known piece of shit JBL John Bradshaw got cut open at the pay per view, and Michael Hayes got H bombed. And for whatever reason, he goes up to JBL while he's sleeping and just punches him right in the fucking face. Opening up his freaking wound, so and, he's bleeding all over himself now. And then JBL gets up and slaps Michael Hayes, who's a piece of shit too, so fucking hard, he gets knocked out. That made me laugh a lot. And then Mr. Impressionable, or as like JR called him oh, as the gosh, friggin' like yes. trailer hitch. Yeah, trailer hitch, because Scott, uh, not Scott Hall, he always, X-Pac. Yeah, because X-Pac always going where the load is of friggin' Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Because he's a really nice guy, but I guess he had a thing of wanting to be accepted by everybody. Then goes uh, and cut Michael Hayes' ponytail. Yeah, I guess people started chanting for X-Pac on the plane. Like, everyone popped when he did that. And X-Pac was pissed it off. It also sounds like Michael Hayes was dead for the rest of the flight. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and X-Pac, they had some audio of him on, and I guess he said that uh, Hayes was burying him in the booking recently, because of so course he was. So, fuck him. Yeah. Then they point out how apparently... Yeah, they kind of sidetrack as, like, they kind of, like, introduce a young Brock Lesnar. Yeah, who was on the plane, which Actually, is crazy to wait, think wait, about. wait, 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 no. Actually, I jumped a forward. They actually talk about Kurt Henning. Right, yeah, yeah. But that does lead into Brock. So, uh, yeah, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, great wrestler, came back for a time. Infamous jokester. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know how bad his jokes were, but I heard they weren't, like, I don't know if they were super Well, you never hear any horror stories about it, but no one's really talked about it. It just sounds like he he had great pranks. He had really funny pranks. Because, like, there's Don My Kid who has horrible pranks. Yeah, his idea of a prank was... To fucking roofie you and shit in your bag. Yeah. And throw everything out. Or to have one of your buddies... Well, and shave off your eyebrows. Yeah, or have one of your buddies sucker somebody into playing cards with them so you can beat the shit out of them from behind. So, apparently, for some reason, Mr. Perfect... I gotta be honest, this makes him sound like a badass. Apparently, he loved to haze the shit out of Brock Lesnar. (laughs) Which is really funny to me. And, apparently, Brock was chilling and he... um, What's his name? Um, Hennig had a thing of shaving cream in his hand and he just smacked Brock in the head with it. Like, Brock was crashed out. He went and, like, put some shaving cream on top of Brock's dome and then smacked it on top of the head, splattering everywhere. Which is funny. And then Brock goes, I'm going, ah! And he's, like, chasing Kurt Hennig. And then he started chasing Kurt down the fucking, like, airplane and shit. And I gotta be honest. If Brock Lesnar was chasing me, I'd make peace with my God. And, 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 and hope that it's quick 
because that man can murder. Have you seen him hunt? Have you seen videos of him hunting? No. He's so he's such a casual killer, dude. He there is a video of him on YouTube hunting this big giant buck with this big rack, right? And he kills the thing and he has his, he like flags over his hunting friends. He's like, Hey guys, check this out. And then they come over and he's like, Yes, sir, we did it. That's right. Yes, sir. That's exactly what he's saying. Yep, we did it. They're like, Hey, you got him. That's right. And then he's holding the dead buck in his hands. And he's like, Oh, wow. Look at that. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh my gosh. Murder turns him on. <laughs> no, murder told, turns him into, into fucking Mr. Rogers, apparently. I fucking guess so. So yeah, he's chasing him around. And Brock's a huge dude. And Kurt Hennig isn't big, but they're no. actually the same height. Yeah. So I would say Kurt Hennig looks like a big dude. Probably. He's just not as like fucking like a bear. Like Yeah, he's Brock. not a bear. Brett, they take a minute for everyone to point out that Brett was a fucking monster. Brock. Brock. What'd I say? Brett. Fuck. Brett was a monster technician, but anyway, um, and less of a piece of shit, less of a piece of shit. That's, I think that's the best compliment. A lot of these guys could get back then. Hey, you know what? You're not a piece of shit. You're not a piece of shit. So Brock picks up in his rage, picks up fucking Hennig and they're slamming each other around and like, they're just smashing shit. They're smashing freaking luggage, like doors and getting seats knocked off their freaking like freaking getting their getting seats teared out and stuff. Yeah. And like they're brawling around and everyone's trying to tell them to stop. Apparently some jackass got on the PA and was like, "We're all going to die" or something. Cuz yeah, you want to do that on a plane after 9/11. This is ah, after 9/11, too. Ah, we're going to die. Like the one of the pilots come out to try to tell them to yeah, please stop, but no one's listening. But then Brock Lesnar slams Hennig into the emergency exit thing and everyone gets freaked out because they think he's going to go through the door now apparently no amount of human force could prop that door open apparently but enough human force could crack open a leak depressurizing the cabin and they would have to make an emergency landing over the atlantic so what i'm saying is brock lesnar is so strong he 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 almost a either single-handedly crashed the plane or b he almost single-handedly threw mr perfect out of a fucking airplane which, when you word it like that, is pretty hilarious. Yeah. So after that, Terry Reynolds then brings up about like her about Brock flashing her his fucking dick. Yeah, she and then was, she yeah. just says, says like I'm not gonna sell it. Yeah, and I'm apparently not that. Sell it. And they say this later. And about, like Dustin, like Goldust, like her husband at the time or ex husband, whatever. Like they're totally like homies. And like he's just saying like don't sell. It's like I'm not going to. And apparently, and they say this later, but I'll say it now. They said that's what you did back then when someone did shit like that. You didn't sell it. And then react. That's how you dealt with it. Maybe you can call, say, Brock has a tiny dick. <laughs> <laughs> so Terry Reynolds talks about how Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Goldfuck. Oh, shit. Gold Goldfuck? I wrote... My stupid fucking thumbs wrote gold fuck. Well, we, have, mean, like gold a, well, dust. we have a thing where JR talks about, as he complains about, I was like, dude... It shouldn't be my job dealing with fucking dickhead behavior. Yeah, he said, I shouldn't have to follow everyone around and expect them to lack like an adult. That is not my job, which is fair. And I'm not going to try to. But that was kind of like what he kept on doing. Yeah. For his job. Yeah. And I'm not going to try to call JR out, but that kind of felt like passing the buck just a tiny bit. Like he's right. It shouldn't be his job, but it technically is his job. 
Yeah. So, so anyway. now we have a very depressed oh, gold. This was just sad. They like v- they like detour the video and they talk about how a drunk gold dust gets on the PA, I think, and starts singing this David Allen Coe song. I forgot the name. And but it's basically a, a I will love you song, and he's singing it. He's dedicating it to Terry, I think. And everyone comments how Goldust cannot sing. Jared's exact words were, "He couldn't hold a tune if it was in a bucket." Or something like that. But either way, it got very depressive and very uncomfortable where JR had to come out and told him, hey, go to bed. I think he said his get exact... Back the, get back the mic. I think he said his exact words were, sit your ass down. <laughs> okay. Now here's where... And Terry also was like sitting there and like, I'm not going to sell it. I'm not yeah. going to go out there. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to chill here. I'm not going to sell it. As I said, Terry Reynolds, all her purpose for this episode was to literally be a figure piece of the environment. Yeah. And then this is where it turns. Because at this point, it's like, ha, it's drunk gold dust. Brock almost broke a plane. Hey, like depressive. Oh, yeah. broke a plane. But now. They bring a brick flare. It starts off innocent. That's the wrong word, but I can't think of another one. Innocently enough. Where Ric Flair, apparently this was a thing he could do, he did often. And he's like said in his own stories too. Like on airplanes, he would like be like a jokester where he'd get one of his like robes and then walk around like freaking naked on the robe and then helicopter his dick. And according to Tommy Dreamer, he's got a hammer. Ric Flair does indeed have a big penis. And you know what my first thought was when he said that? Good for him. Like he totally does a like it's either it's like it, like Ric Flair has to he like he's either was compensating or he did have big or he PPA. actually had a big penis. Yeah, he had big PP energy. <laughs> he literally had big PP energy. But then this is when the fun stops. Yeah. Cuz after he does the helicopter or as I always called it the helicopter a naked Ric Flair corners Heidi. A naked like robe Ric Flair. Yeah, goes up to Heidi. She's in the galley. Yeah, where which they is have very all, small. Yeah, it's like has all their food and drinks and stuff there. And according to Heidi, um, at told her to touch his penis, and then apparently she didn't want to. Well, yes, but apparently Ric Flair actually grabbed her hand and did it. And two things happen here. One, they of course say. Um, that Ric Flair ha- and he has Ric Flair's commented on this before and said this didn't happen Um, and they really give this like moment a time thing it's not like she mentions it and it's got no 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 they give her some on camera time to talk about it and she's all poor thing she's all stuttery and just nervous and shit and just just yeah and I wrote here I was always surprised Ric Flair never got hit with a sex scandal like publicly but what do you think about this it gets worse from here but at this point in no, time this what horrible. are you no 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 yeah but like when she's telling this at this point in time what are you thinking are you believing her a bit or you, you i could believe it no i was believing her yeah i was too everyone like reflects like that never happened and you like think it's like how much liquor did they all drink a lot if she's if what she says is true that they went look through stoked. No, she because listen, I've um like friggin' yeah, Flair's like flirting and chatting all that stuff too, and like I'm sure it's like I'll friggin' like Tommy Drew says it's a joke, but what Flair did was like that's sexual assault, bro. That's literally sexual make, assault. You don't make you don't go up to women naked and like lol, and then you try to take their hands and touch your cock. I'm not saying it's not sexual assault if you do it to and a like, guy. She was but cor- and he was cornering her too in the galley. In the galley, she had no way to escape. It took fucking Dustin to go. Hey, can you please stop? Yeah. Um. 
So they then talk about Scott Hall for a quick moment. And JR says, listen, we had no idea he was this bad. For everyone that says we should have known, we didn't. And yeah, Scott Hall's fucked up. Then we go back to Heidi. Apparently, she went to wake Scott Hall and he grabbed her by the shirt said very lewd things he wished to do to her. Licked her face. Licked her fucking face and passed out. And I wrote it here. I buy her story. And it's not because I I hate Ric Flair and Scott Hall. No, I love those guys, especially Scott Hall. But bro, I this is these are my exact words. Do you really think these alpha males didn't pull this shit in their time? It just makes too... I, I actually wrote a comment on it on the actual YouTube upload. I wrote, I said... It just makes too much sense. It really does. I, I'm not trying to like cancel nobody here, but it just makes too much sense. Yeah, no, the Scott Hall thing, and like they talk about, like they do a little introduction, like how like Scott Hall, like is just like a freaking drug abuse at the time. How like it was very strong and stuff. Scott Hall says he felt like he was h bombed on the plane, which so that's why he me. was like pretty like fucking out of it. Yeah, he's like I've drink I've drinking pills and beer. I don't know what I got h bombed. And yeah. stuff, but yeah, no, it's like he didn't recall friggin' trying to like totally harass Heidi. Like Heidi just went up to ask, like, "Hey, would you like any breakfast or anything?" And then yeah. gets fucking yanked by the shirt, and literally Heidi was like, "I'm done. I'm gonna hide in the galley." Yeah, for the rest of the flight, I'm not doing. I'm like, fuck these people, fuck this. I'm not doing anything. It's like, well, you need to do it. Fuck this. Yeah, I'm not doing this. I've been fucked with and harassed, sexually fucking assaulted two times. Fuck this yes. job. So they land. And Scott Hall won't wake up. Hayes is fuming that his hair is gone. Oh, that's funny. That's like, funny. Like, Michael Hayes is just, like, sitting there and just him going, like, like, tr- like freaking, bastard, USA. Oh, God, who does slice my ponytail? It's like. Yeah. There's something cathartic about how, you know, you have this, you have, oh, shit, Scott Hall's in trouble. You know, this Heidi gal's going through a really tough time and all this shit and violence. And then just Michael Hayes is passed out for all of it. And when he wakes up, his hair is gone and he just thinks that's the worst thing in the universe. That's great. Yeah, no, but with Scott Hall. Like, freaking good friend Justin Credible comes up. Yeah. Realizes he's not waking up. Mm-hmm. Lifts and gets him, him up, in a wheelchair. Puts, like, glasses on him like it's fucking, like, a weekend at Bernie's. And was, <laughs> and then freaking pushes him out the airport. Justin Credible's a good guy. And then you have fucking JR just sitting there, disappointment, what's going on. And Justin Credible's like, dude, I don't know. I'm just pushing him. And if that wasn't enough, the FBI is waiting for everybody. When no, they no, no, no. They did it. No? Like, if this was an actual, like, freaking airline flight with, like, there was economy and all that stuff, there might be the FBI appearing there because there'd be flight marshals dealing with all the stupid shit. This was, oh. like, a private airliner. Right, right. But they did have to deal with the FBI. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think about, like, this specifically. Like, the day after, there was time about, like, oh, if this was, like, yeah. American Airlines, FBI would be, like, sitting there right as we get off the fucking so plane. Then, so, yeah. But this was a private freaking, like, thing for, like, fucking sports athletes or whatever, where they got fancy fucking planes and shit. So they land, um, and after a commercial, which, you know, it just got crazier and crazier. We're gonna have an exploding barbed wire match. Like, this is insane. Like, is anyone gonna say that this is going too far? Yeah, yeah, the fucking... The commercials for themselves are back in full fucking effect. Or at least it's just this episode. Yeah. 
So at this point, Vince, Vincey Mackey is in trouble wubble and they talk about how JR pretty much did everything for him. He was in charge of hiring. He was in charge of firing. He was talent relations. Like Vince would make decisions, but then JR had to actually go like freaking fulfill those decisions and like, execute those decisions. I can't yeah. speak. And the fallout from this is Kurt Henning is fired and then event and then sadly eventually dies. Um, very soon after Scott Hall is fired. Goldust got fined because JR thought that him being fired was too harsh because he didn't fuck with anybody. And, and then they asked about Ric Flair and it's just like, yeah, he's like, why didn't he get punished? And he's quiet for a second and he goes, good question. He says he was a made man. He got a pass. Which mean, yeah. Oh my fuck. We follow Heidi for a bit and bro, we kind of like post flight. She was a mess. She talks about how the airline told her, we want to respect our client's privacy, so keep this to yourself. Be- and they basically, well, they basically... we actually, like, skipped over friggin', like, the flight attendants where they were, like, cleaning the plane and oh, were right, finding yeah. fucking needles, needles and blood and vomit yep. stuff. And it's like, we're not cleaning this plane. And it's like, well, you gotta clean this plane. It's like, see that? No. Yeah. <laughs> that shouldn't be our job. Yes. We're, we're stepping out. And they basically told her to keep it to themselves because these things were expected to happen because, you know, they're flying out athletes and shit. So this was expected, which and like this is like it will affect our company. So which pissed me off again. And then we'll give you money if you keep quiet. (laughs) That's literally what like happens. And then another gal tries to sue and they settle out of court. Now, Heidi does mention that she didn't really want to settle out of court, but her husband was encouraging her to do it. Her husband sounds kind of sketch, honestly, but her husband was, you know, um, it sounded like he was giving her grief about what happened because I guess she told him. And he was like, well, what did you do or why did this happen? Blah, blah, blah. And then when it comes to the settlement, he was like, yeah, yeah, let's take the settlement. And she was like, she kind of wish she fought more. And then Tommy fucking Dreamer says very sarcastically, well, she should have taken it to court and put the well, bad if she man. Want, if she yeah. wanted to take it to the full extent of the law, she yeah. shouldn't have took the settlement. And to put the bad man in jail. And I just am like, mm, I didn't like that. So next night on Raw, Michael Hayes' ponytail is put into a sandwich bag and taped on a door, which I thought was fucking funny. Yeah. And JR just comes up and just, like, yanks the ponytail off because, like, all the people are punishing him. Like, oh, 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 hey, JR, do you see this? Oh, hey, JR. <laughs> and JR just comes like, fuck, are you serious? God damn it. So, fuck my life. And apparently this night on Raw is also the same night where WWE has to get the F out and bring in the E. So, yeah, that's that's that night. Yeah, 2002. RVD sums up this whole experience perfectly. He says, don't meet your heroes. A lot of these guys are freaks. <laughs> and then you got Tommy Dreamer trying to freaking just oh say, like, God. he was trying to defend Ric Flair's sexual assault. I was like, oh, come on. He wasn't going to rape her. It was yeah. just a gag. It's just Flair being Flair. Come on. But in today's world, a thousand percent not okay, uh, offensive. I'm offending someone right now with my double uh, ponytail. It's like, why are you wearing a double ponytail? Because I'm 50 and I'm happy I have hair. And I'm like, I literally just wrote, I'm like, you know what? Whatever. You're a legend. Whatever. I, I was just, I don't want, I didn't want to come out of this hating Tommy Dreamer. So I decided not to dwell yeah, on it. Yeah, but the it. show ends with Heidi as she admits, like, 
freaking she didn't feel like flair was malicious or just going to rape her but she didn't like how she was like cornered she didn't like freaking like how she was like having like he, he was trying to force her to touch her penis and stuff yeah. and freaking like she's just saying like all the freaking emotional trauma post event because it's like just sitting there it's like they most likely went on with their lives like next yeah. day it was just another normal fine day but for me it was a traumatic event and i was just sitting there it's like what did i do wrong why mm-hmm. did i deserve this kind of thing did i do something that would like trigger them that want to do stuff like that it's yeah. just like i'm like fuck but i can tell you this tommy dreamer got fired from impact with his stupid comments wait he did yeah he got fired for this yeah <laughs> and rick flair uh <laughs> and with rick flair there were speculations that he might be coming to AEW because freaking uh his daughter Ashley, i.e. Charlotte Flair, yeah. is married to Feliz. Oh, Feliz! I.e. Andrade El Idio. El Idio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a hard time saying that. El Idio. El Idio. El Idio. Andre. So that's Andre. not happening. Yeah. So, that, so that's not yeah. Happening. So if there was a chance of that, I have a feeling that's not happening anymore. So I was really curious. Um. Uh. Well, first off, uh, what did you think of the episode? Oh fuck. Pretty fucking like obviously really dark. It's dark side of the ring. If I was we not have... looking forward for that. Epi- I was not looking forward to that episode. I was like, I don't give a fuck. It was just a bunch of stupid party bros and stuff. But then once all the sexual assault like friggin' like subjects kept coming up, I'm just like, bruh. Yeah, I was like I said, I was. Ex- I was like, damn. <sighs> yeah, I was expecting. Fuck. I was expecting some like quirky like like I said, you know, John and, like, Belushi. I seen and- a Ric Flair like a funny Ric Flair post earlier in the day, and then I watched the episode. I'm just like, oh. Fuck. My god damn it. I'm curious. What did Dave think of the episode? I don't know. I don't think it's like, I don't have like Dave and Brian. I think Dave and Garrett talked about it a little bit, Mm. but I think he just kept on talking about just like, it's fucking. Yeah, no, like Dave's already known. It's like, I've known this for fucking ever. Like he was just talking about like how freaking early wrestling as a kid, just being or early journalist and stuff too. Like he just sitting there was like, you know that movie Almost Famous? Yeah. And he went and saw that. I was like, dude, that was my life back then. Huh. I was just wondering if he would try to like, you know, defend Flair at all because he's he his didn't really wrestler. defend Flair. He wasn't did, defending any of it. He was he, just sta- he, he was just like reaffirming the fact. It was like that was the fucking environment. Yeah. And it's kind of dumb that it fucking was. But luckily, these days, it's not like that. Yeah, for sure. Wrestling industry is better off now that that's out of here. All right. That was a heavy episode. We still got to talk about fucking Brett Michaels. I got a pee, so we'll be back real quick. Yes, sir. Dun, dun. All right. We're back, listeners. Oh, crack open another cold one. All right. That was Dark Side of the Ring. Now then, I need to grab a timestamp. The fuck am I at? All right. Oh, God. To recap last time on Rock of Love, friggin' Brett threw a monkey wrench as there was a fucking shitty makeover challenge. And the ladies had to take like three ladies that were looking pretty frumpy and they dolled them up. Brett got really hot and horny for them. So he decided to throw a monkey wrench in the whole show, invite them along for the whole tour show thing. I'm looking back. That was probably one of the worst challenges they've ever yes. done. There was a lot of fucking shit talking on Natasha as she has a very deep voice yes. with like them thinking she's a dude and not mel- and basically all we could say is that the show the show realized that the show sucks. And then who was the person that got eliminated? Natasha got eliminated. That was last time on Rock Love. All right, my dude. 
Sing the theme. <sighs> Please let me in. Did I sing the theme last time? Please let me introduce myself. I'm going to get you off like there's no one else. Please let me be your dirty secret, your flesh and blood or whatever. Your rock of love. Rock of love. I hate this fucking song. Six more episodes, man. Then it's all over. So yeah, how does it start? Sorry, I'm still like doing timestamps. Okay. I, I know. I got to do technical shit too while like freaking doing a show. So everyone wakes up. Beverly talks shit on the blonde Raj. Jennifer from the last episode or Jenny, whatever, says from the last episode, um, she's up and she says how she lost her dad recently, I think. And she's sad, but glad to be here. Cool, dude. Yep. As you stated, Beverly just talks shit on the blonde entourage. Ashley just be like, you can talk shit on me, bitch. Why don't you come say it to my face? And Jennifer admitting, oh, yeah, so my dad just died recently, and I'm kind of feeling sad. Part of me feels like I should really be there for, like, my family at the time, but this is a great opportunity for me to be here. I'm just like, hmm, doesn't mm. sound good for you. So outside with the note. The only part I caught was... There's nothing really to catch. They're going to Nashville, Tennessee. Except the fact that he calls them his Tasty 10. That's literally it. Because fuck me, dude. For realsies. So he says, I may be rock and roll, but there's country in my soul. Blah, 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 Nashville. All right, ladies, can you please screw... Like, can you guys split up into like groups of five for each bus? Jamie and Jenny go on the blonde bus. They get to the hotel... Big John comes in with cleats and shit. And yeah, dude. Well, it's like they, they like go to a hotel and it's literally the next day. Yeah. And Big John with a malicious smile rolls in with a cart of cleats. Yeah. And, and yeah, dude, Jenny reads the letter. It's Mud Bowl 3. And I just noted here that he called them his talented 10. Yep. So they get well, to- Well, we the had a great hilarious line where we have oh, Big, sure. jo Big John. I see we got a little aggression going on and we have a way of dealing with that. Big John's great. That's why he's in the Hall of Awesome. Yes. Um, and then so, we get to the friggin' field of battle. Brett's stoked. They edited... Ugh, this was so stupid. So he mentions how there's firemen there or whatever. There's, um, fi with, there's firemen with the fire trucks for the friggin' water hoses to muddy up the field. They edited it in in post, Brett saying that he wanted to thank the local fire department which was clearly recorded in the studio because he's outside. And then all of a sudden he says that line and you hear it echo like he's in a room. Okay. Then. Because the show is shitty. I'm, can you tell I'm not having fun anymore? That, that even during season two, I was still having a little bit of fun. And I like Beverly, okay? And after this episode, I was kind of liking Mindy and Kelsey's okay. And so's, uh, what's the other one? Jenny, or Jamie. The show isn't fun. I'm officially Brian in the year night in the year 2000. I well, just wanted to die. Well, as Brett explained, the fireman and his bus driver's there. He has a great quote of saying that, oh God, where the fuck am I? All right, they got their love hoses. And, oh god, damn it. they got their love hoses, and they're going to splatter. Oh, what the fuck? They got their love hoses, and they're going to splatter you with their love mud. Holy fuck, we are like fucking disorganized on this episode. All right, let's just get to it. It's not even our fault. It's the show's fault. So the team. Are you sure? 
I'm, I'm feel pretty like I'm, sure. I'm kind of fucked up. I feel like I'm fucking up here pretty bad. So the teams are just the buses. Blue team are the sweethearts with Taya. Brett says Taya spoke ham. Cammy. Oh, Beverly, Mindy, and Britannia. Pink team is Fallen Angels. He said, which I think were the team's last two times. Jen, or as he calls them, Detroit. Someone he just calls Brooklyn. Jamie. Oh, Farah, Ashley, and Kelsey. Winner gets a, winner gets a date MVP, which this is actually a really sick date. Gets on a four liter jet to go to a sold out show. He a has G4 to, jet. Yeah, that he and to go to a show he has to play in Dallas and spend the night. Yeah, at Billy Bob's, a sold out show. Which they describe it later, which I'll get to. But this place sounds ridiculous. So the Fallen Angels win the coin toss, and listen, as a fair man. It actually was pretty good. This might have been more violent than the other two. It kind of, ha- it kind of was. So the first play, we have Kelsey as she runs it for. Yeah, she runs it, but fumbles, and the sweethearts get get position. I wrote here, Kelsey at one point just pretty much just gets fucking clotheslined, and then here we get just random edits of fucking tackles. Yeah, they're slamming each other, dude. It yeah. was a slobber knocker. Yeah, there was no like freaking narrative going on what was go- what was happening. But then next, yeah. The next thing to note was that Brett then has a play where he passes the ball to Taya into the end zone, but the ball bounces off her titties. Which is funny to me because did you there was this there was this crazy stupid play from the Raiders Raven games last week where it's overtime, we're throwing our ball to the end zone trying to get a touchdown. And then the ball flies right through the receiver's fingers. I shit you not. It bounces off a Raven guy's helmet into the hands of another Raven guy. And that's what that reminded me of. So, yeah. Fucking boobception happens. I wrote here, Beverly kicks Britannia's ass. Yeah. Ashley starts pantsing everybody. Okay, yeah. So, the next thing, we have another fumble. And the fall... Another fumble from the Fallen Angels, so the Sweethearts gate position again. And then we have Ashley as she starts pulling down competitor shorts. And, like, fucking, for some reason, on Tubi TV, it was kind of unedited. Like, one lady, like, she still had her thong on when she, like, Ashley ripped down her shorts, but then Minnie does, like, a run into the end zone. But Ashley just fucking takes all her shorts off, and literally it's like, we're not, it's like, we never saw Cooch, but we saw a bare ass. Oh, no, it was unedited on YouTube, too. Yeah. And freaking Ashley's just sitting there saying she was staring at freaking Mindy's vagina. And I'm just like, bro, what the and fuck? Then, and then she went, meow. Meow. So then Cammy scores a touchdown. There's a fat dog pile. Ashley gets a touchdown. Mindy, I guess, played NFL Blitz. You see her? She was juking and she was stiff-arming fools. Well, we got Britannia. She gets a return play, but then it's tackled down by Kelsey. Then Mindy has a run play. Then Mindy then goes for a long pass and catches it. And then we get a fucking bad Brett touchdown dance. Yeah. Where he's just like doing like a weird shuffle or something. It's literally no. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? I've seen Fortnite dances better than that. So then... So last play of the game, Fallen Angels need a touchdown well, we to got, tie. Well, friggin', it's like, well, 
last possession was like freaking the Fallen Angels. Ashley gets a right. pass, but then the next play, Farrah gets a run play. Then Ashley gets another pass, but now they're on fourth and down, and freaking the game's about to freaking end. And so. I wrote here, Brett seems to really want the Fallen Angels to win because he's like, I think he really just wants the game to keep going. Yeah, he likes watching these fucking <laughs> fake titty women just fucking slamming hard in the mud. Yeah. And so Brett throws the ball to Kelsey, and then in slow mo, and then in their slow motion, talking heads, commercial, and then boom, interception. I wrote here Brett interception. Seemed- it was just an incomplete pass, oh, and whatever. And the sweethearts win the game. Yeah, Brett seemed really upset. I mean, is it just me or did Brett seem upset that the Fallen Angels lost? He was like, "Oh fuck." So I feel like this game was like maybe a little bit more violent, but at the same time, kind of boring. This is a very defensive, heavy game. Plus, I think it went by. I think. It took up less of the show than yeah. the other ones. Not much Which happened. Which kind of sucks. Yeah, but so either they played really bad or they were, they played really good. It was a very I good defensive b- game. I feel bad because didn't you tell me that the Mud Bowl episodes were like our most viewed episodes? But this was... They're like usually the one of the better episodes, but this is like Mud Bowl. Like but- this whole season kind of fucking was a letdown. I hope you I I hope you guys thought our Led Zeppelin talk was entertaining because the episode doesn't Side get of, yeah and Dark Side of the Ring because the episode doesn't get much better yeah no so the fucking that yeah. was the freaking mud bowl game I will say as you said it did came off, come off a little bit more violent I wish we got there, more of it but there was just no drama yeah the drama was just like they couldn't score for shit it's like did they forget how to make their own show because that's what it felt like they kind of did. <laughs> So the so the no sw- rhyming notes, <laughs> no goofy bread. Like literally, yeah, the yeah, show yeah. the show is like fucking. The people, the star of the show is telling you how much the show sucks, and it's not even like us where you're where sometimes we're like, oh, we're the worst po- worst podcast ever. No, Brett literally said the cast for this show sucked, sucked so bad he brought in three randos. So whatever, sweethearts win the game, they get a trophy, and the who is the VIP? Mindy, surprisingly, I thought he'd give it to Ashley. Well, but no. she like scored two times, and Ashley and she was won the, kind of won the game, and Ashley yeah was pissed, but and fuck Ashley, hilarious. yeah that was hilarious. And then it's all hating on Mindy, just like so. Mindy and Brett have their date, and it's intercut with Jenny being sad. But the point is, Mindy and Brett go to Billy Bob's. In her words, it's like five bars in one. And there's a casino. It's fucking te- Silver, Texas. It's a casino. Five bars. Yeah, a fucking bull riding arena. Yeah. Brett's playing a show there, and he apparently, uh, they only show us him doing it twice, I think, but apparently he- What's up with Brett playing all of these fucking casinos? You mean, what's up with, you mean, what's up with Brett playing bars and casinos and in Southern America? I don't know. What is up with that? Why do you say bars? Like, what do you mean by bars? In a huge well, venue bar? Or well, he's, a bar hasn't bar? he played at bars during the, during the show? There's bars in the fucking casinos. Well, I still, swear each well, venue. No, I, just, I, I, I don't care. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not mad show. at you. I'm mad at Brett. There's also like him playing a fucking fair. Yeah. Fair shows are fun. Like he played the fair and fucking casinos. We have a great fair here. I think I told you this on this podcast, but they got deep fried Reese's peanut butter cups one time. Oh my Lord. They have like deep fried avocados, deep fried Twinkies. Yeah, but those aren't that good. The Twinkies or the avocados? Both. I hate you. I don't like Twinkies. Fuck you. Or was it about the avocado? Both. I don't like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they also have deep fried Smuckers, too. Those those aren't too bad. Okay. Now those we're back bad. on level ground. Oh, we're friends again? Yes. Okay, All cool. Right, continue on with the show. Yeah, so... um, 
Uh, they show, only show us this doing it twice, but uh, apparently Brett introduces everyone, uh, her to everyone as his girlfriend, so she, that makes her happy. Well, that's what Mindy's saying, and she's like just flexing it. It's like, yeah, I'm looking like a hot piece for Brett Michaels. You know, I'll say this. Uh, Mindy is all right. Her she also has a shot of her eating a massive corn dog. That was a fat corn dog. That was a fat It was like, it was, it was bigger than your can of liquid death. Longer, I mean. It was like two cans. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, I wrote here, Mindy's all right. Her and Beverly are the least hateable out of this cast. The new, the three new gals are okay. So, Britannia and Taya talk about how jelly they are for Mindy. Kelsey's worried she's screwed because she still hasn't had a date yet. Uh, she, you she's, think? she's this season's Mia. Lol. Brett plays, and it's bleh. Oh, it's horrible. His other guitar like, player. He plays the shitty song. It's like, I like the way you move. I like the way you move. I like the way you fail. Then, it's like, this song is so bad. Bad? Yes. Okay, bro. Would you rather listen to fucking Zeppelin or fucking Brett Michaels? Well, yes, Led Zeppelin, but also I think us ripping into Brett Michaels albums would be pretty hilarious. I'm not listening to Brett Michaels albums. I'm not going to either. If we somehow, if we somehow have fan had fan demand for that, maybe I'd consider it because I don't want to disappoint fans. But if you're telling me to choose right now between Led Zeppelin and Brett Michaels, I choose Led fucking Zeppelin. Yeah, I know. So on, and who listens to us on the Podbean or something, or you can go to my Instagram at Doctor Death Danger. Yeah, that's where I kind of do most like <clears throat> friggin' podcast like promotion. You could go bother me there and make a hit me up in the DMs or make a comment asking if you want us to rip into Poison albums. I also wrote here his or Podbean comment. If you yeah. say something, we might consider it highly. His other guitar player, by the way, tried to do the slash hop and spin move that Slash does. You know, when he hops in place, but he's spinning around. That made me cringe. Brett and Mindy go to the hotel and blah, 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 blah. They totally bone you guys. Dang, you're just running through this. I. You're right. I could have put a little more effort into that. They get to the hotel. They get they, to the hotel. They make out. They freaking. Mindy goes get some. Sexy lingerie. lingerie. They make out some more, and then they go into the fucking room, and like they totally have sex, you guys. They totally. You bone don't even you guys. say they totally have sex, you guys. You just say they bone. Are you good, bro? No, that's what I say. I always say they totally boned you guys. That's what I say. I just didn't put. You know, you're right. It's. It, <clears throat> I'm sorry. And then they totally boned you guys. They had sex. See, where is that? What's going? Yeah. What's up with you? The show sucks. I said it when the show started. I'm not having fun watching it at this point. I'm writing these notes. I'm cutting out shit. I'm I'm actually writing. It's mostly apathy. True. You could describe more, but what? But yeah, friggin' Brett's getting laid a lot on this sh- show. Two times. I think it's the only thing that's making him. Assuming it's really happening, I think it's the only thing making him happy. Yeah, he's boned Ashley and he's boned Mindy. I wonder who's gonna bone next. So everyone wakes up in the morning. This is literally how the morning starts. Everyone wakes up. Mindy's not back yet. The gals are upset and jelly. And then Mindy gets back. That's that's She kind of returns possibly bearing gifts. Doesn't really say. She has like an ass load of bags. Maybe Brett friggin like wined and dined her. Yeah. She's withholding how the date went. And strategically. To say, oh, the date was neat. It was so neat. It was neat. And Kelsey's like. She keeps she she ugh, she keeps saying it's neat. Yeah. So most likely it was a boring date because Mindy's boring, which strategically works in Mindy's favor because yeah. they think the date sucks. So they're like, she's not a problem. Yeah. Mindy's no. smart. 
Yeah, look at that. Mindy's Which is smart. actually not a good thing on this show usually, because Brett doesn't like women smarter than him. Well, so then maybe Brett- she's playing. Maybe she's playing fucking forty chess on Brett. <laughs> So then, a little bit of sadness. I'm assuming this was real. Brett gets a letter that a friend of his perished in Iraq, survived by his wife and three kids, which is really sad. So for the date, um, the date, yeah, uh, he signs the freaking picture. He signs a picture of like the kids' da- dad. They and said stuff. that their kid wanted a pic, his picture autographed by Brett, and I was like, okay, I won't. I, I want to be disrespectful. I'll, I'll, I'll just accept it. So then for the date. The crew's all there. He's sad. He tells everybody about it. They're all just chilling, having a mellow dinner. Like, he's just so sorry, guys. I can't put on a party face. Yeah. And he, like, describes that he, a good friend of his died. He's, like, saying how he was hanging out and, like, freaking. So, yeah, he played a show in Iraq and he got, he said he got he close like to a lot a of. He was, like, yeah. there for, like, a week or something. And he got close with a lot of the folks there. And this was, like, the one guy that was, like, getting fucking down at his shows. Yeah. You know what's funny? This kind of reminds me. I like, was, sucks that the dude died, but at yeah. the same time, I was like, why the fuck are you getting down to fucking Brett Michaels? This reminds me of something, actually. I was listening. I I was on uh, I was on my Spotify and I was uh, listening to some music and then I there's a Avenged Sevenfold record live record I threw on in there and I heard the most 2005 to 2008 thing in the world it was Avenged Sevenfold and M Shadows the singer said all right this next song goes out to the troops to the men and women that protect our freedom I'm like wow no one does that anymore <laughs> unless they're five finger death punch yeah, that's right. So, but yeah, somber dinner. So Brett mentions that like the whole trip, and it says that his kids also really like playing his songs on Guitar Hero. Which I mean, poison songs a, are actually kind of fun on Guitar Hero. He was a playable character. He was like unlockable, like singer dude. Actually, you know, when you play his songs yeah. on like Guitar Hero three on like Xbox. It'd be Brett Michaels like Avatar popping. Wait, up. really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, maybe you didn't I play know, the video games. I don't know if you knew this. He did the motion capture for the singer in that game, so it looks lame every, as him. That's why every time he's doing this, and every time why? he puts his hand on his belt, he's throwing up the horns like this. Yeah, Brett Michaels did the mocap for the singer in. Yeah, Guitar I know Hero he 3. did the mocap. Yeah. So, ah, they focus. Childhood. Yeah, man. Disappointments of Brett Michaels. Think if you think. About it, we made most of our friends through Guitar Hero. I, I guess mean, we that made was our, most com- our friends through Brett Michaels. <laughs> Brett brings friends together. Yeah, so they could talk about how much they hate him. So, yes. according to the editing, Britannia did not say shit this whole dinner and did barely even react. So, Brett wanted to pull it to the side to talk to her, try to get a little bit more personal with her. And again, according to the editing, she says nothing. She is mute again. And he's like, Brett goes like, oh, I think you're hot. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. Oh, thank you. And he's trying Uh to like, he's, I I almost, I gotta feel bad for this guy a little bit. He's awkwardly trying to fish for anything. She's not biting. Is he even asking any proper questions? According to the editing? No. 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 He doesn't look like he says anything. He's just talking about her titties. Yeah. And then he just says, fuck it. And it makes out with her. Oh, and Britannia has the fucking temerity to say that she thinks she's letting her guard down with him and they're bonding. I'm like, fuck you. Bruh. So Brett goes to his room. Just keep going. <laughs> Brett goes into his room with the rat um, into the hotel room to hang out with everybody else. Everyone's chilling. Uh, him and Jenny actually get some alone time together talking to him about um, he talks about her loss. She talks about his. She cries a bit. And did you notice he called Jenny Taya once? Yeah, I know. And like, they left that in, dude. And I was like, brutal. 
Like, no, I heard that from Rowdy Graveyard. And I remember, like, he's talking when he, like, called her Tay. I'm just like, damn, that sucks. She's literally talking to you about her dead dad, and you don't even know her name. Oh, my God. And they left it in. Like, Red's a piece of shit, but we kind of also just talked about, like, some piece of shit. <laughs> like, defending sexual assault. So, Brett is, like, the least piece of shit person is Brett, on this episode. Brett Michaels is less of a piece of shit than 1990s wrestling superstars. Yes. At the moment. At the moment. <laughs> we don't know. Like, Brett's fucking party stories hasn't been documented. I'm sure maybe he's trying to harass ladies to touch his fucking three-inch chode. Yeah, I remember, like, la- and then, like, last time he got all mad at fucking whoever, at, at uh, Beverly. He's like, if you invited me to a party, I wouldn't be kissing your friends. And you were just like, bullshit. Bullshit. Maybe this Brett won't, but maybe a fucking asshole Brett from the Decline of Western Civilization Part 2 would. Yes. So then uh, after all that happens, um, yeah, they talk. He calls her Taya, and it's elimination time. Nothing really notable happens. Yeah, no, Brett just knows that Jennifer's really upset, and maybe she shouldn't be here on the show. Then uh, it's elimination oh, time. Excuse me. I did notice... The Talking Heads had nothing. They Holy d- fuck, this episode had nothing. Except Farrah did notice they asked her who should go home, and they asked Taya, and she said Taya, because she's lame and she's wearing a pearl necklace the size of Cincinnati. <laughs> and I got really mad because I chuckled. And it's like, you know what? I wrote here, fuck. <laughs> These two blonde tumors. These two blonde assholes are kind of fucking growing on me because they're so shitty. It's, <laughs> it's entertaining. It's funny. And that's not good, but they're growing on me. So, yeah, now let's talk about the passes. Who gets the first one? Uh, He he weirdly gives it to Taya first. I heard uh, from the Rowdy Graveyard ladies that Taya was one of the first ones to actually acknowledge Sad Boy Brett during dinner and stuff and actually bring oh. up about like freaking... His, like, fucking, you know, his homeboy passing. So maybe she's a little bit more emotionally Maybe aware. they should have showed that on the fucking television show. I don't fucking know. It happened quick, and I didn't want to rewind it. I didn't give a fuck. So, yeah, Taya gets the first one. And then the, like, lady actually bones Mindy gets the second one. What? Oh, oh, the lady. I, I misheard. I thought you said the lady that actually bones Taya. I'm like, wait, what? But I misheard. No, you. no ladies have boned Taya that I am aware of on the show. But, yes, then it's Mindy. Oh, fuck. Then Cammie. Then it's Beverly. Then Jamie. Then Ashley. Then Farrah. Then Kelsey. And at this point, it's between... Now we're down to the last two, and it's... Tanya and Jenny. And I'm thinking to myself... I'm thinking to myself... I'm like, you know who's getting eliminated. I'm like, it's a no-brainer. Give the pass to Jenny. You bonded. She's nice. She's cool. And she actually talks to you. And of course, I'm like, well, he's probably going to give it to Britannia because, you know, big tits. But I'm like, no, he did that last time. And he got no results with her this time. He's eliminated people for less. It's easy. No. No, once again, second week in a row, mental fucking gymnastics for Brett goddamn Michaels. He gives the pass to Britannia. Because why? Because fuck me, dude. This show does not want me to enjoy it. Brett Michaels does not want me to like his show. He doesn't want me to like him. He doesn't want me to like his music. The show hates me. The show hates me. I hate it. I I hate myself. 
for agreeing to watch it. I hate you for making me watch it. I hate Brett for the fact that he's the whole reason we have this podcast. I hate it. I hate the show. I'll be back next week. <laughs> All right. So Edward is like rage quit for the time being. Yeah, no, he picks Britannia over Jennifer. Well, yeah, he picks Britannia one because titties two because Jennifer, he didn't want her suffering for the rest of the tour because the show really sucks. And I don't think it'd be good for anyone who just lost the friggin', you know, lost her dad, which yeah. she looks like she's stoked for. Like, there's people that, like, lose parents that maybe they're not stoked for. But Jennifer looks like she was pretty stoked on her dad and pretty yeah, devastated. Cool. Yeah. And him passing kind of freaking. Brett's just like, yeah, I don't think you should be here. You should be with their family. So, Britannia, due to the stipulations of the show, he survived for another episode. And then, yeah, in the credits, we got peeps hanging, dorking around on a fucking spinning table. Rock and love. Holy shit. We went through that fast. I was in such a good mood when we started the show. I'm like, life's going good. I'm here with my, I'm here with my bro, talking Led Zeppelin. And then Dark Side of the Ring bummed me out because it was fucking bummer. And I'm like, but it's fine. I'll bounce back for Rock of Love. But then I just couldn't hide fuck this show. I couldn't, I couldn't hide how much I wanted to say fuck this show. Well then, I say this was a successful episode. I guess. I'm sorry, I don't mean to yell at you because you know I know you're a very sensitive person. Yes, I was just gonna just say, I was just gonna friggin' finish the show unless you got more to say. No, that's it. You got a camera pointing at you. Anything else? Camera? No, I no, mean no, a no, fucking no. microphone pointing at I you. I mean, no, 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 no. I'm good. I mean, unless you want me to go on forever, how much I hate this show, but I don't want to do that. You can do that next episode. I'll do the next episode because yeah, next episode we will be reviewing Led Zeppelin two. We will yes. watch the next episode of Dark Side of the Ring, whatever that may be. Yeah, uh, mystery. I to think us. it's the steroid trial. I don't think it's steroid trial. That'd be oh. sick. I would love it to be the steroid trial. I'm looking forward to that episode. Oh no, let me take a look. But yeah, and you know, go take a look on that one. And then after that, will be the next up ep- next episode of Rock Love. We went through the mud bowl, so from here, it's ah, most likely it's, downhill. It's double life of Chris Canyon. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll be talking about Chris Canyon. Be interesting. Yeah, no, he's gonna most likely. I think he met an untimely death too. So yeah. This was the Dog That Danger Radio Show with your host, James and Edward. Have a good one. Adios. We're all smiles here. No. (laughs) No. Not from what we watched. And it's pretty miserable over here on our end. Ah.